Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I am really happy to be here this week, and I mean that sincerely because I wasn't supposed to be here this week, remember? I was supposed to be on vacation, but, you know, it was crazy. I had everything packed in my little Ford Ranger truck that I, not Ford Ranger, what am I thinking? My Nissan Frontier (laughs) truck that I just bought, had everything packed into it and ready to go, and I was like, just loading up the coolers and and my bear mace was in there and my tent and all my goodies and like a half an hour from heading out, right? And I was going to go all the way up on top of Mount Bachelor, actually. That's where I was going to go. And to stay at this lake where you can, uh, August is supposed to be the best month to be able to see the aurora from there. And so I kind of had a change in plans and was going to go up there uh, because my other destination was supposed to be up in the 100-degree weather. All day, every day, I was going to be there, so I kind of changed plans. But I was supposed to be, long story short, I was, I was supposed to be on vacation this week, right? And you guys were going to supposed to be listening to a workshop, but I got like a phone call half hour before I was supposed to leave um, that caused me to have to change plans. My son was in the hospital, so I had to change plans and uh, unpack the truck real quick. <laughs> so as of right now, I don't know when. Um, when I am going to be taking my vacation. I'm looking at maybe now doing the first week, the the last week of August, maybe the first week into September, somewhere in there. Not real sure yet, but I'll keep you posted on that. So it's kind of, it, I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> it's, it's just this whole stressful week. You know, it's kind of nice to be able to chill and hang out with you guys and relax and uh, take a breath. So I am very happy to be here. You know, it's, it's funny, I got all ready for the show. You have all these little weird rituals we do, right? So I'm real excited. I'm getting ready for the show. It's like, whew, I can sit and relax now. And so it's like I've got my grapes because I like really, really raw wine. And I've got a glass of wine because I like very, very ripe grapes. <laughs> and I've got, my, you know, you guys know that I, this comes right through my dinner time. The show broadcasts right through my dinner time. And so I always try to bring quiet food with me. So I've got an orange muffin right now because, well, it's, you know, like an orange muffin. Who doesn't like orange muffins? And I've got my brand new vanilla, or excuse me, orange blossom and vanilla candle for ambiance. And um, so, yeah, very, very, um, very, very excited, very going to be all zenned out here. Oh, I've also got um, some almond milk and some limeade just in case I decide I don't want to drink wine. You know, you have to be prepared for these things. So I'm all ready for this, <laughs> ready to chill out and wine. <sighs> exhale and have some fun, read some poetry with you. It's going to be awesome. And I've got this really cool new pen that, that like, writes this blue ink, but it's the color of, like, the summer sky. It's like a sky blue. It's just gorgeous. Be- beautiful. I don't know where I got it. It was in my purse. I stole it from someone, but I don't know who. I'm horrible. I'm the most horrible pen thief in the world. And when I used to smoke, I used to be a horrible lighter thief, too. 
I'm sure those are going to be the two reasons I end up, you know, having to spend some time down south. All right, so, guys, <laughs> if you would like to call in and share and read with us tonight, you can do that by dialing in to 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. We have some things to go through before we get started. The uh, first thing I'd like to let you know is... Um, if you would like to put together a workshop, like I mentioned tonight, we were supposed to be playing a workshop, but we're not doing that tonight, because I'm here, and this is just awesome, so <laughs> sorry to disappoint. you got to learn something next week. Tonight, tonight we're just going to be having fun. Um, but if you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, you can shoot me a message. Probably the easiest way would be on Facebook, so if you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia. A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to put together. Think about what you would like to talk about. You know, a form of poetry, your your favorite poem, poet, era of poetry, teach us a poetry form. Whatever it is you want to have fun with, let me know. We'll get that set up. You can pre-record these. You can do them live or do them a combination of both. Uh, You can pre-record them on your computer and send me the MP3 file. We can pre-record them via phone. I can call you and and help you pre-record it via the phone line. Whatever it is you need to have put together, we will do that, and then we will get them played for everybody. So let me know what you want to do. Next thing I want to do, very important, is thanks thank our 2020 broadcasting license sponsors, those of you who stepped up to the plate and helped me cover the cost of our broadcasting license for this year. And remember, this, you know, at the end of the year, this will be our 14th year broadcasting with you. We'll be celebrating our 14-year anniversary this year. It's just craziness. But anyway, yep, we got that coming up. So those who helped keep us on the air this year, we have Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary, and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy Hume, thank you guys so much for helping to keep us on the air this year for our 2020 broadcasting year. We love you guys. You're amazing, and thank you. The next thing I'm going to do is give you your inkwell inspirations. And these are writing assignments, journal assignments, exercises, things you can do. Uh, to sit down and do some some weekly writing. If you ever get stuck one night and you don't know what to write about, you can just jump into the archives and open up any of our shows. And within the first 15 minutes of the show, you will have some prompts and whatnots to get you rolling, okay? So go ahead and get out your notebook paper, your whatever, whatever, your journal, and we can get these written down. Grab your pen. Your journal assignment, your first journal assignment for the week is we're doing free writing analysis. And basically, you know, I always hear people say, you know, I would free write, but I don't know what to write about, which is actually the point of free writing is you write about anything. You don't, you're not supposed to have something to write about. You just let stuff fall out of your head. But I want to take that excuse away so you don't have that excuse anymore because, you know, excuses are, well, I just don't believe in them. You know, they don't exist. I, I deny them. They are fake words, fake things, no excuses. You just do stuff. All right, so since 
that is the number one people thing people tell me. They can't think of something to write about. I give you something to write about in your free write. And this one, what we had been doing is um, I had been giving you first line As a catalyst, I was giving you first lines out of famous books. And I'm kind of changing that, this whole assignment up a little bit. So instead, what I'm doing is I'm giving you first lines from famous classic poems. But that is where the similarities the similarities between these two assignments end. All right? What I want you to do, instead of just using that as a catalyst to write, what I'm going to do is first I want you to Google the poem that I'm going to give you the first line from. So I'm going to give you the first line, the poem, and the poet who wrote it. Okay? But I want you to Google the poem, and I want you to read it. And read it a couple of times. You know, maybe take a couple of days and... And read it over and over again. Print it out if you want to. Carry it around in your pocket and digest it for a couple of days. You know, don't just read it, but listen to the poet. Listen to the mess for the message inside the words. You know, hear them, feel them. What are they saying to you? What are they trying to make you understand? And next, I want you to write the first line from that poem on the top of your journal page. And this week, the line that I'm going to give you is the line you'll be writing at the top of your pages, I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, which is the open opening line from Allen Ginsberg's poem, Howl. All right. So once you've read the poem, and you've started with the opening line, once you write it, I want you to just keep going from there. I want you to just keep writing. But instead of free writing like we did before, I want you to write about the poem. I want you to write about write the opening lines and then just keep going. Write about what you liked about the poem, what you didn't like, what you you know, what what made you uh, what it made you think of. You know, what do you think the poet was trying to tell us? What confused you about the poem? Um, what do you what do you think of the poem's form or rhyme scheme or lack thereof? You know the language used. How would you change it to fit modern times, or how does it fit modern times? You know how does it relate to experiences in your own life or lack of experiences? What does it teach you? What does it tell you? What has it made you experience? You know if you could sit with a poet over coffee and talk to him about the poem, talk to him about what they wrote. What what would you discuss? What would you ask him? What what would be the things that would be important to you? knowing after reading the poem, okay? In other words, I want you to explore explore how the poem made you feel and then write about your reaction to it. Ask yourself why. Always ask yourself why and then search for the answers when you're for looking at the way things affect you or touch you. All right, I want you to write for at least 10 minutes anything that comes to mind um, as you explore and analyze and discuss the poem with yourself or perhaps the poet. Again, write the line at the top of your page. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness. And that's Allen Ginsberg's poem, written in 1954, titled Howl. So read the poem and then talk about that poem in your free write. Just go, boom, gone. All right, writing exercise number two. What we're doing is we're writing two scenarios. And... In these, what I'm doing is instead of giving you a prompt, like um, which we, we will get into prompts later, but a prompt would be like uh, write about a birthday, write about your birthday party. All right, that's a concrete image for you to latch onto 
and be, to be able to write about it. But instead of giving you the actual concrete image, the actual subject to the poem, I'm giving you a scenario. And you have to fill in the story that fits this. Okay, and when I do this, when I give you these, I want to push you away from writing a poem. You're not just a poet. You are a creative writer. You're a creative human being. Writing is one of the ways you choose to express that. Poetry is one of your preferred forms. But you're more than just a poet. Don't girdle yourself into being one thing. So I want to push you away from always thinking that you have to sit down every single time you pick up a pen and write a poem. The key is just to write. The poems will find themselves inside your writing. And when you do sit down to write a poem, you will write a better poem because you do these things. All right? So I'm steering you away from writing poetry. And instead, I'd like you to maybe like write a short story, narrative prose, something along those lines. I don't want you to overthink it. I want you to just spit it out, start and stop as you need to, switch plots midair. I don't care. Just write and then figure it out when you're done. The scenario I'm going to give you this week is pretty simple. I would like you to write a story that begins and ends with someone looking up at the stars. Pretty simple. I want you to write a story that begins and ends with someone looking up at the stars. It's pretty self-explanatory. You you can make it light and whimsical or dark and haunting or funny or as deep as you want to make it. You know, it's up to you to fill in the story between those two things. But it has to begin and end with someone looking up at the stars. All right. Exercise number, that was exercise number one. Exercise number two. No, wait a minute. That was your journal assignment. Your journal assignment was up there. Then your writing exercise. Oh, I didn't have two assignments for you. That's what happened. I was like, hmm, what happened? Normally I give you two assignments. You guys lucked out this week. I lost one somewhere, I think. We'll see. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just renumbered these wrong. Okay, so anyway, yeah, the scenario begins and ends with someone looking up at the stars. So next, your next exercise is your pick apart a prompt. And this is in the exercise section because it is not intended for you to produce a poem either. Either. I want you to write the prompt that I give you at the top of the page and then start a list of all the different poems you could write to that prompt. So instead of writing the poem, writing a poem to the prompt, I want you to list an idea of poems you could write to that prompt, all the different directions you could take it, all the different things it could be, the things it could stand for, stand in for, become the voice of or the face of or the metaphor. Um, You know, how can you use it? How many different poems could you write to this prompt? So the prompt that I'm going to give you this week is the apocalypse. Think of all the different poems you could write to that, the apocalypse. What if you were to write about your 12-year-old daughter starting menstruation and getting PMS? That could be the apocalypse. You know, complete different twist on the topic. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So pick apart a prompt. Write up all the different poems you could write to that prompt the apocalypse all right next i'm going to give you your prompts now your prompts are meant to produce poems 
they are meant to not you know, totally push you away from writing poems. Now I'm pushing you back into writing a poem. A poem is meant to produce a prompt is meant to produce a poem. The prompt I'm going to give you is we are going we kind of switched up what we were normally doing and we've gone kind of in a different direction. And I'm we're going to ex- be exploring different styles and types of poetry. And what we're really kind of looking at right now is what I call slice of life poetry. They're Polaroid snapshots. They're a picture. So we're going to be exploring slice of life and writing slice of life poetry. And what I'm going to do is give you a prompt that's for a slice of life poem. And I want you to write about that. Write about that. And it can be, um, you know, any you can interpret it any way you want. That's the part of the prompt that's, you know, as a seed planted, you do what you want with it. For example, the one that I'm going to give you tonight is called Your First... I want you to write a poem about your first kiss. So first kiss. Right? Now, it can be your true first kiss, like from your mother. Or maybe it's going to be your first non-family kiss, like when I was in kindergarten and I had two boyfriends, Rusty Sheely and Danny Coomer, and we used to all run around holding hands and they'd chase me around the schoolyard and, and push me against the fence and kiss me on the cheek and I'd run giggling away. And, uh, you know, maybe it's that one. Or maybe it's your first real childhood kiss, you know, which was for me was Ronnie Hartman. First boy, the little kid in the neighborhood, and he came over and he tried to kiss me. And he stuck his tongue in my mouth, and I ran in the house and threw up. Swore I was never going to let a boy near me again. It was just nasty. Ugh. Right? Or it can be your first real, real, real kiss. The kiss that counted. The kiss that changed everything. Like, for me, it probably would have been... Uh, the carnival in St. Helens, Oregon, and underneath an oak tree just outside the carnival grounds with lips that tasted like cotton candy and, and you know, just seemed to grow into something magical, something new, dangerous, alive. That, you know, that kiss. Edward Bennett. I'll never, yeah, my, my Eddie. Yep. So think about all your kisses in life. Write about your first kiss. Which real kiss would you write about? Or perhaps it's the first kiss you never wanted. You get to decide what kiss. But I want you to write a poem about your first kiss. And in this type of writing, I want you to be very, very, and that I happen to mention, very conscious of every aspect of the era, the time frame, the situation that you're writing about. Paint every detail Every brightness, every shadow, make clear all that's clear and blur the things that were muddied. You know, it's vital. If a picture can tell a thousand words, then show us that photograph. Make it, make it, uh, see it with your words. Something that helps me when I write this way is I kind of like to step outside of myself, if that makes sense, and look in. You know, I'll close my eyes and I, I will picture it as if I'm a third party watching it play out in front of me like a play. And I write it like a screenplay. And I don't try to write pretty when I write things the first time. You know, I just, I write it. And sometimes I'll think of something and then a totally different image. And so it's all abstract and hodgepodge together. But it doesn't matter because I can go back later and fix it. Right? So it doesn't matter. Just keep writing what's in your head when you sit down to write this. Because that's where you're going to find some pretty amazing things. Is when you follow a thought and don't try to girdle it. So step outside of yourself and kind of picture it playing out in front of you and pay attention to the things that you normally wouldn't pay attention to because you are inside the painting. 
you know, like it's a screenplay, like you're writing the screenplay. You write every facet of each of the characters. Study yourself. Study the person you're with. You know, think about, you know, how they're involved, how their reactions are, how their emotions are, how they're relating to each other. Think of every detail of the setting and write it out. You know, as if you were writing out every single detail of somebody who had to build a play set and create create the the scene in which this kiss takes place. Every single detail. You know, write it in a way that if two actors actors had to sit down and act this out, that it would be perfect. That they there was no doubt in their mind the direction they wanted to take this. Okay, you can go back later and edit, 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 and find your poem in the mess. You know, but let it all fall out, let it get written, and then you can flesh out the poem uh, later. You know, flesh it out of the rough. So, slice of life poems are kind of like one of the most popular styles of poetry right now. One of the most publishable forms of poetry, and I think it's because you know, in this time that we are living in, that connection with humanity seems to be really important. You know, we are so out of touch with humanity. And it's just not now, not, not just, you know, what's going on right now with the COVID virus or anything like that. But it's been that way for a while. You know, we have moved away from our family cells, our, our little you know, our little clans that we are tied to with travel, with Internet, with people living all over the world, you know, living in our little family communities like we used to a long time ago. So things are really changing. So I think people being able to plug in and hold on to something familiar, something nostalgic feeling is really important. I think that's one of the the reasons that this type of writing is so appealing. So really play around with it and don't be afraid to be vulnerable when you write slice of life. Don't don't, you know, be afraid to be blatantly uh real and honest and and to the bone when you write. So have fun with it. Write about your very first kiss. You decide which first kiss it is. All right. And turn it into a poem. All right. Next, I'm going to give you line prompts. Now, these prompts are also absolutely meant to grow into poems. They are seeds planted. Uh, With that said, the prompts can be used as a title for the poem, a line in the poem, or the general concept of the poem. I'm going to give you four. So number your paper one through four. Now in these, you can write a poem to each prompt. You can write four different poems. You can mix them up. And, you know, maybe you like line one and line four, and you use both of those in a poem. Or you can use all four prompts, challenge yourself and use all four prompts in one poem. Whatever you want to do, that's up to you. I am just planting the seed, and you are making it grow. So number one. Number one, bullets of failure. Bullets of failure. Number two, words remain caught. Words remain caught. Number three, but does not kiss. But does not kiss. And number four, your stupid birds. Or stupid birds. So again, number one, bullets of failure. Number two, words remain caught. Number three, 
but she does not kiss. And number four, your stupid birds. All right. And when you're doing these, remember that pick-apart-a-prompt mentality before you approach writing to these. Really think about the different ways you can take these, the different poems you could write to these prompts, and then have fun playing with them. All right. Now, with that said, lastly, we are going to go over our projects for the year. I want to kind of touch on those. Remind you what we are doing. Number one is once a week to make sure you go out and do something surprising, something new, something that you've not done before, at least not in a long time. Remember, you have to experience life if you're going to write about it. You have to have input in order to have output. You can't just sit in your little brooding dark room with your little poet hat on and your favorite pen and suffer in silence, looking out the window (laughs) and thinking that your muse is going to come tap dance on your brain every time you will it. That does not happen. You have to feed that creative side of you. You have to push it. You have to taunt it. You have to tease it. You have to shake it up and wake it up in order to get it to play with you. So go out and do things. Live life so that you can write about it. Next. Our project for the year was to write a haiku every day for 365 days. Your 365 days can start today. And I don't care if it takes you 600 days to do this. For 365 days, I want you to write a haiku. That means every single day, I want you to go out and pay attention to the world around you. Pay attention to things that catch your eye or catch your ear or things you smell, or things that make you stutter in a step. And look at them. Ask you, wow, why did that catch my attention? What is that sound? Why did that smell attract me? Learn these things about yourself. You spend so much of your life giving, 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 giving your being to other people, to other people's agendas, to other people's purpose, to fulfill and make richer their lives. Give back to yourself. Listen to yourself. Feed yourself once in a while. So when you're walking down the street and something makes you stumble in the thought, turn around and look. What was it about that piece of paper stapled to the uh, thousands of other pieces of papers hammered and stapled and pinned to the telephone pole like an archive that caught your eye? What was it, what was it that made you stutter and step? And look at it. And enjoy it for a moment. Let that side of you feast on that, feed on it, draw from it, pull on it. It's important to do that. So every day when you're going out in life, find something, anything that's worth 17 syllables. And a haiku, five syllable, seven syllable, five syllable in its traditional American form. There's thousands of different ways to write haikus, by the way. So I don't care if you write it down. Always carry a little notebook with you. I don't care if you write it down and it's only 15 syllables. You can go back and find two more syllables later. That's not the point. The point is to get those little poetic hiccups, those things out of your head and onto paper every single day. Those little poetic hiccups that will end up being your haikus. If you write one every day for 365 days, you're going to have between 38 and 60 really good ones. And by the end of those 365 days, you're going to have a haiku poetry book ready to be published, ready to put together, ready to go. You're going to be so much, so much further on. You're going to be a much, much better writer. 
for doing this, for listening to yourself, for paying attention to your little poetic hiccups. All right, so remember, guys, you're not just poets. Have fun exploring and writing outside of your label. Become a better poet because of it. You know, Keep playing with your ideas and, and playing with your words. Keep having fun with your tasks and your ideas and your thoughts. And in turn, your muses will have fun playing with you. All right, that is the end of our Inkwell inspiration prompts and exercises and whatnots for the week. If you happen to miss any of those and you would like to go back and write them down after the show's over, you can listen to the archive of the show and wrote, write those down at your leisure. Like I said, if you get stuck any night and you want to find something to help push your pen, then you can come to the first 15 minutes of any of our shows and you'll be off and running. Alrighty. The next thing I would like to do is I am going to I'm going to play an audio track. Now we always start and end every episode with an audio track. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your track played on the air, you can email those to me. The word that is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put audio track, recording, something along those lines in the subject line for me. I will get those uploaded to the show's library, and we will play them for the world. The piece that I'm going to start the show off with tonight is by Jamie Combs, or excuse me, Jasmine Combs, and it is called Monster, and here we go. My father was a monster of a man. Self-proclaimed king, built his throne on his children's sorrows, and there were many. It seems like we were always crying back then, always wishing that our father had left us like all our friends' fathers did, then maybe we wouldn't have all these scars, all these whelps and bruises. My father was a big, flared nostrils kind of man, taught me everything I know from how to ride a bike to how to keep myself warm with my own anger. He taught us anger and let us figure out love on our own. Kept us locked up like China dolls. The sun burned our eyes when we finally broke free. Seeds planted in darkness never grow quite right. And I'm a wilted flower with social anxiety and notebooks filled with conversations I've never had. I blame my dad. Grandma told us to pray for him. Asked God to look on his heart and change him. By the time I was five, I stopped believing people could change. By ten, I stopped believing in God altogether. My father beat the poet out of me. I built my entire story around hating him. After the first stroke, when my monster of a man lay weak and docile on a hospital bed, tears streaming down his face, in 18 years I'd never seen him cry before. And I couldn't feel bad for him. He was the causer of tears. After the second stroke, I stood at the door with my arms crossed. Sterile whiteness threatening to choke me. He hobbled around the house scattered-brained, calling his daughters by his sister's names, the hand he used to hit us with gone numb. His last words to me were, Jasmine, you know I'm proud of you, right? I didn't. And by then we'd grown too far apart for me to care about his opinion. I felt nothing at his pride. My father died. Who told you you could leave me? 
I still had things to write about. There was the part where I proved you wrong, where I finally cussed you out and didn't let you see your grandkids. You weren't supposed to go yet. Who am I supposed to be without my enemy? You always wanted to talk. Now say something. Teach me how to mourn you through all this anger. You've been gone for months, but I've been festering in this for years. Stop looking at me with your eyes glazed over. Mouth sewn shut from the inside. Arms across your chest, protecting me from your heart. That in itself is a pretty good example of a slice of life poem. I think, it's, I think that she's uh, pretty amazing and relate very well to her piece. And uh, I think it was awesome. So, guys, again, if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your poem played on the air, email those to me at the T-H-E, the Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com. We will get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. Now, if you are on hold, we will get to you in just a moment. I want to give you the number again real quick if you'd like to call in and read tonight. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 is the number to call in. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight, so listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you give us uh, your name. Let us know who you are. It's important to have your name attached to your work, and it's important for people to know who is reading. All right? So make sure you tell us your name. Give us your name and let us know who you are. Next thing is that you can read two poems. Kind of take a quick look at the lines. Uh, we got kind of full lines, so... You can read two short poems or one normal length poem. How about that? If the lines get much busier than what they are right now, we are going to have to switch those to doing just one poem. If that happens, then I will let you know. But right now you can do two short poems or one normal length poem. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Don't be pushing the envelopes. You know. You know I know. I know you know. (laughs) All right, so two shorter poems, one long poem. You're good to go right now at the moment. When you're done reading, please make sure that you give out your URL. That way people can come over. And it took me so long to learn. That was the hardest thing that's ever taken me to, the hardest thing for me to ever learn to say correctly in my broadcasting career. And I've been doing radio since I was 18, guys, was URL. That was the hardest. I always tripped over that one. It was terrible. We've lost so much practice. Anyway, (laughs) make sure you give out your URL so that people can come over and find you and get to know you and your work better. All righty. And then when you come on tonight, please keep in mind that we have a mature rating. That means you are bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you're good to go. All right? So without further ado... I'm going to get to callers now, but I do want to let area codes 757-585-203 and what is that? 718 know that you are not in the lineup. So 7572 or excuse me, 757-585-203 
or 718. If any of you would like to come on the air and read, please press 1 on your phones. If you're here just listening, 757-585-203 or 718. If you guys are here just listening, appreciate you being here. Thank you. If you change your mind at any time, you can press 1 and it'll bring you onto the show. Once again, that is 757-585-203 and 718. All right, let's go ahead and get to our first caller, 731. 731, you're on the air. Hey, what's happening, Miss Nye? It's nice to hear your voice tonight. I wasn't expecting you and just looked up, and there you are. <laughs> How you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing fantastic. This is Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. Um I'm really glad that you're on because that a poem I wanted to read the other day and you were on and, and I was kind of been hanging on to it and dreading it and now uh, tonight's the night. Dreading it? Yes, because it's one of Don Lee's poems and it's over, I want to say overwhelming, that's cliche. It overpowers me. I should have, I should have had the opportunity to read this when I was a young man but now that I'm kind of elderly it just kind of wears me down. Does that make sense? It does. I think it's. I'm going to feel it much more when you're done. Yeah. Well, I put it. I put the link for you to put it in the uh, chat room. This is published at www.writingbell.com. That's B-E-L-L-E, and uh, they were featuring uh, her book. Take something with you when you go. And they did a couple of poems from there. This one right here just kind of blew me away. But since you weren't on the air uh, recently, I read it. I read it to somebody else just personally. You know, I read it to my wife, and she just was really blown away. She goes, "God, it's like I was right there." And I'm thinking, like, my God, you hate my poetry and you loved hers, and I'm so jealous. She didn't realize that I was like, I'm in tears. She thought I was emotional over the poem. Oh, good God. Can't be a prophet in your own country. But uh, <laughs> I, I understood it, though. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, if you want to find Dawn on Facebook, you know, she's a, she's a writing coach, okay? Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's like a a real muse. Yeah, if you do batch, I'm pretty sure she'd yell at you too. So, uh, so it's not all fun and games, but but uh, maybe it is. That maybe that is the fun and games. She, she's the hammock rider, by the way. www.thehammockrider.com on the the URL, <laughs> and uh, you can also find her at www.facebook.com/slash/donleas. D-A-W-N-L-E-A-S. So with all that, I'm going to read a poem, and we can discuss it. I'm going to read one poem so we can take our time with this one right here because I promise you it's going to leave a deep imprint on your memories. You ready? Yes. Okay. From the pages of Don Lee's, this is called Kith. The party always began in the backyard. Cooler filled with ice, beer, and soda, burgers spitting into lighter fluid and charcoal. 
A circle of lawn chairs with frayed webbing held ants in bell bottoms and halter tops. Their gossip only interrupted to yell at children running with sparklers in hand. Inside the Victorian, Grandfather sat for hours at an old upright against the back wall of the dining room. A line of Budweiser cans swept circles into the wood's grain. Playing by ear, he ran through his song list, always ending with Danny Boy or When Irish Eyes Are Smiling. Just as the marathon game of Jeopardy fired up around the mahogany table, siblings and spouses divided into teams with red, green, and yellow clickers in one hand, Coors Light and Camels in the other. As the game entered its third hour, arguments arose over potent potables and who forgot to shout their answers in form of a question. The kids were a patchwork den carpet using each other as pillows, the youngest in charge of cranking the volume on the console to make Gilda Radner's laugh win over the dining room noise. Cigarette smoke coiled through the first floor, hung above the kids just for a second before escaping through open windows dissolving into the backyard while mosquitoes skittered against dusty screens, always a frenetic dance toward unsearchable light. Darn, unreachable light. I got the last line and botched it. Okay. We'll go back and fix that later. It was unreachable light. It's over. Mm-hmm. Are you there? Again, absolutely probably one of the most perfect examples of a slice of life poem that I could ask to share with you with everybody, and you just shared it, and I'm so grateful for that. I mean, everything, if you look through that, there's not one, there's not one image in there, one concrete image used in there that's cliche, but every single one of them is a bullet of nostalgia. It's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I try to I try to count them, and I get lost. You know, everything from the frayed webbing of the chair she was talking about, you know, into the the way the the beer cans were sweating rings, and you know, you can, you can see the the Coors cans and the camels and the you know the perms and the you know this the this, the 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 thick 70s stashes and the, the the smoke going out the window and those mosquitoes just banging against the the you know screen door, wanting in but not being able to reach in, you know even that it's, in itself is a you know for me and and this is going to sound I hope this doesn't sound weird but that ending line for me okay and always the the frantic dance towards the unreachable light. The mosquitoes skittering, you know. It's it's such a normal, normal, all-American thing happening. But for someone like me who grew up without that, who grew up without family, who grew up in the foster system and never knew, you know, the only way I will ever know a night like this is through a poem like this. You know, so in a way, at the end... I'm the mosquito at the door, you know, trying to frantic, frantically dance towards that unreachable light, that 
unreachable experience that I'll never know, but I get a taste of through a poem like this. And I don't know if that was intentional, if the last line of that was intentional, but I'm hoping that if it wasn't, that she claims that it was. <laughs> because the, the sheer power in that for me, in that in that whole, the transformation of the ending of that for me was amazing. If that makes sense. I'm done now. It makes all the sense in the world. You know, kids, Ken, uh, tell me that. Um let me put it this way. I was thinking about this just before you came on. The writer of this poem is a visionary in the true sense. It is not enough that she conjures images from shadows of substance. She pushes her notions through the veil and invites the reader to experience their own sessions of tripping the life fantastic. And after reading this poem, I can close my eyes and walk my driveway from the asphalt to curb up the hill through the gate and into our shop, all the while remembering where to step high so as not to stumble on a crack or roll an ankle in a dip. There were two. And for two weeks in August, don't stand under the catalpa trees because those namesake worms with the wobbly stinger will rain down on you, and that's not a pleasant experience. And the stuff I'm talking about was when I'm seven, eight, nine years old. I, I remember it. And and that's uh that's pretty cool right there. It is. It's great that's pretty when powerful. Be, when you can remember stuff like that and it's not you don't have to struggle with it. There's nobody yelling at you or berating you or making you cut the grass on a every push is uphill. You know what I mean. Mhm. Okay. All right. Well, Thank you, Don Lace, for the evening for our poetry thing. I don't stop reading stuff every week. Just don't strangle me like do something of your own, Mister. I will next time. <laughs> We're going to hold you to that. Okay. I'm going to take the link for Don. I'm going to post that on my Facebook page. For those of you that would like to check it out, I think that all of us going into this writing exercise of writing a slice of life poetry would do well to you know, maybe sit down and study that piece that Michael so graciously just shared with or shared with us. Shared with us. Shared with us. I'm going a little southern on you. Okay. So I got the link to that is the uh the writingbell.com link that I posted. And if you scroll down, you'll find the poem that Michael just read. Thank you, Michael. You are amazing. Appreciate you being here. And I am definitely holding you to reading something of yours next week. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write one more new one in my lifetime. She's will probably have something to do with her, but it's it's not going to be short. Not at all. It'll be like we don't need it to be short. It's going to be like a half an hour when I've said it's done. I'm going to write a novel and a poem. She's that writing a novel. She'll be done in January. So I figured, okay, I'll, I'll write a novel and a poem. Let's see what happens. Okay, so this is going to sound kind of weird, but I, I'm, I've got a novel that I'm starting as well. I had been, I have had this idea for a novel in my head forever, right? And right. I didn't know how to approach it without it just sounding kind of lame. 
you know, it had to have, I, I couldn't figure out a way to, to anchor it into something, something, just anchor it tightly into something more than just a concept. And Christopher was reading, to, it was sitting there reading, my son was in the hospital, Christopher was there, and he was reading a Dungeons and Dragon book, the Monster Compendium or something like that, right? And I told him, I said, just read to me. Right, distract me, read to me. So he started reading me to me about these monsters in this game called Dungeons and Dragons. And I found I found the basis to my plot in one of the monsters and I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. So I'm excited. We're gonna be writing a novel at the same time. We'll have to share like coffee recipes or something. Well, wait a minute, you're writing a real novel just like she is. I'm just gonna write a poem. I just I'm no, slow. It, just make it make it long like a novel. Well, a nove- novella. The, the purpose of mine is if somebody wanted to write a novel from it, they wouldn't have any trouble getting enough pages. All so right. There. That works. Yeah. Don't you, you don't you remember my space when I when I would write pieces of books? I would have just put different chapters in there, but I never wrote the rest mm-hmm. of the book. Yes, I do. <laughs> People are like, where's the rest of it? There is no more. <laughs> you, you want you want to read some more? Here, take it. Finish it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I have lots like that, too. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what time it is, Nala? I know. I know what you're going to say. It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. Y'all have a fantastic evening. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Michael. Love you, hon. Great job tonight. Thank you. Bye. All righty. So, Mr. Michael Todd, I'm going to go ahead and get to our next caller. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers so you have an idea of where you are in the lineup. We are taking 903, then 252, followed by 219. All right, let's grab 903. 903, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla, this is Buffy. How are you? I'm doing fine, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a while since I've called in. It has been. What's been going on in your life, my dear? Oh, just life in general, you know. And moving, working, writing. And I just actually finished writing my book and waiting to get it published and all that fun stuff. Oh, that is awesome. I'm excited for you. Well, yeah, me too. And those first two poems tonight have been awesome. And it's been a fun night so far. I agree. Oh, it's been wonderful. Uh, the um, poem, Monsters, I mean, that that hit me. Mm-hmm. That, that was a great write. Yeah, that was... So. Uh, I absolutely love that poet. They're phenomenal. Yeah, me too. Me too. So what did you bring us tonight, sweetheart? Well, I have two poems, and hopefully, we'll see. And one, The first one is called Forbidden Lullabies, and then the next one is called Death Toll Bells Ring. Okay. So Forbidden Lullabies. I harness the night in my dreams, afraid to sleep, yet afraid to wake. Being held hostage, I lived for this dysfunctional state. Closing my eyes, I see visions of you, a smile painted on your face, 
I hear your voice calling my name and feel your kiss upon my cheek. I hold your hand as we walk along, telling me stories about your life. I hear your melodic laughter and see how your eyes shine. In my dreams live my memories of all that you were. I long for sleep just to feel your embrace and to find my peace of mind. The distant sound of the songs you sung floating through the air. Laying down my head I hear the haunting melodies of of forbidden lullabies that gently lulled me to sleep, bringing back memories of childhood dreams that have forever passed me by. Ended that that one. That was beautiful. You're going to read a second one? Yeah, the next one is Death's Toll Bells Ring. She walks alone, holding the hand of someone from her past. The cries of her voice as she spoke, left lingering in the air, caused the stillness inside my soul to cry out in mournful agony. The chill from the night entered me like an arctic wind blowing down the valley, causing my teeth to chatter. To whom was she speaking? To an aberration of days gone by that only she could see? Or was she speaking to the invisible soul that lives inside of me? Crying out to her, I asked her to explain, is it for me or an ancient lever that death's toll bells rang? She turned around and looked at me as if I wasn't there, her eyes not looking at me, staring blankly into the beyond. The gargled sounds that came from her lips left the blood drain from my face. Death's bells are tolling, calling out your name. Take my hand and walk with me. Your time on earth is done. I turned as if to run away, but a hand yanked me back, dragged me into the darkest space that my mind had never been. Why have you taken me to this place where I can't see? Kicking blindly at the invisible hand, I tried to gain my freedom. Wrapping chains around me like ivy bounds a tree, dragged me further into the darkness that will forever encircle me. End. That was really scary. <laughs> but, you know, a mind's a dark and scary place sometimes. Mm-hmm. Especially when you sink in and you know you're not going to find your way out. Yeah. You know, I think that I think anyone who slips into madness, there's that moment of reality that they know they're pivoting on that edge. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And actually, what happened is I was um, I, I do security work for a living, and one night I was walking in the downtown area, and we have a lot of um, a, a big, pretty good sized um, homeless population down mm-hmm. there. And um, one night I heard footsteps behind me, you know, and I kept turning around. I didn't see anybody, but I'd turn around and go walk, and I'd, I'd hear these footsteps behind me, you know. And so I was like, that's what inspired that poem anyway. That's, it's just still creepy. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. I just, the whole, just the, the whole ending of it and the, you know, it's kind of like, it makes me think of when you get the night terrors. Yeah, you know, which kind of made me think about, you know, your first poem as well when you were talking about that place between awake and asleep. But your place is a much more beautiful place than night. I don't know if you've ever had or anyone's ever here listening has ever experienced night terrors. But it's when you're – the only way I can describe it is your brain becomes fully awake, but your body is absolutely 100% asleep. 
So you're right. fully consciously awake, but you cannot move your body. And it is absolutely the most terrifying thing that I've ever experienced, I think, in my life. Because you try to scream, you try to yell for help, and you can't make a sound, you can't move. And it, it is the most imprisoned feeling. You know, I can't imagine having your brain trapped inside your unmoving body like that. That's just got to be the, the the richest form of hell I could even think of. Um no, but that's what kind of what it made me think about was was that. Anyway, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> awesome, right, Sunny? <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, and you have a great night. And I hope you get to take your vacation soon. I hope everything's okay with your son. Well, thank you, thank you very much for both of those. And uh, before you go, my love, you need to tell everyone how they can come over and visit with you. And they can find me on Facebook at Buffy Hobbs. Or um, Buffy's Words to Ponder. And, yeah, that's really about it. I don't really keep up the other pages very much anymore. But awesome. So well, do me a favor and try to stop by more often because you're just you're an awesome part of this family. And I absolutely am a huge fan of your writing, and I love it when you can get by. Well, thank you. And I will. I just, I've just been in a place in my mind here lately, you know. We just... Sometimes we go there and we got to find our way out. I understand completely. No better way to find your way out than sitting here with a cup of coffee and sharing some time with us. So just saying. Just throwing that out there, my love. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I look, you don't I need to find yourself. To just find pod. yourself here. Yeah, I'll, I'll we'll tell you where you are. <laughs> right. I often go back and listen to the podcast at night whenever I get kid out of sleep. And so... I, you know, at least there's that venue so I can pick it up and listen anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, honey, know that we love you. We miss you when you're not around and cannot wait to hear you come and read for us again. Well, thank you. You're welcome, hon. We'll talk to you in a bit. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Hey, now how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good. What's been going on with you? Uh, not much. Just uh, just living life one day at a time. That's all I'm doing. That's what we got to do. So what did you bring for us tonight, sweetie? We ain't taking off the single market in God's timing. My dear brothers and sisters, being single in the 21st century is a challenge because of the current dating climate in America due to the coronavirus pandemic. Much as I desire to be taken off the single market and be involved in a long-term relationship or get married in my mid-40s, am I brave according to God's time? My day philosophy today Explore all of my options. Get to know a woman as a friend first. Go out on several dates before I pursue an enemy relationship where I take my time and pursue the woman instead of me, instead of her pursuing me. And perform a complete background check and a thorough investigation on her before I even think about going to a relationship. See, I, 
I have to make sure that my bases are covered. I did, brothers and sisters, God's timing is always perfect timing. I know that you have to endure seasons of loneliness and feeling hot and bothered and not having someone to cuddle with. However, your king and queen will come to you when you least expect it. And I guarantee it will most definitely be worth the wait. Why are you waiting on your king and queen to arrive and join you on the throne? Remind yourself that you are in the season of preparation. Keep right on being yourself and don't change to meet anyone's standards. Write down what you want a man or woman and pray about it. Continue to focus on what you have to offer instead of comparing yourself to another brother or sister. Don't be so anxious to jump into a relationship or catch someone to rebound. Keep up your appearance and hygiene. Maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses. Meditate on the scriptures that focus on holding on to God's promises while waiting on him to answer your prayers and make the right decisions and choices as to who you choose to be either your boyfriend or your girlfriend in poem. Always good, strong insights from you, my dear. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Are you going to read a second one for us? Uh, I think, I think, let me get some. I got one. Let me get it. Got it. This is called... The debate over reopening schools during the coronavirus pandemic. The Bulls of celebrity apprentice in the White House has called for all schools to reopen the students this month. Without clear guidelines on how to protect children from catching and spreading COVID-19 by having in-person instructions as compared to remote learning. What in the hell is he thinking? Now, if prisons are released from jail or, or prison due to concerns over the coronavirus, how can you possibly send children to school in the middle of a pandemic? Over 5 million, and I repeat, brothers and sisters, over 5 million cases of COVID-19 in these United States, which makes us the number of the highest-ranking country in the world when it comes to coronavirus cases, and over 600 160,000 deaths and counting is modern day play. Talking about schools resuming normal operations, but even giving the doctor the help and saving of our children. Or else you're going to threaten to cut funding from school districts that don't resume on time this fall. Donald Trump is a certifiable nutcase who needs to be voted out of office in November and he needs some serious psychological counseling. Now, there have already been instances of children who have been infected in several summer camps in, in one county alone in Georgia, the state of Georgia. Several schools that recently opened have reported coronavirus cases by the hundreds. And several teachers and students have tested positive for the coronavirus. And two schools in the county are on lockdown, and the students have to go into quarantine for 14 days. 
According to several news reports and recent information, several school districts around the nation have decided to conduct online learning, which is a very smart move and wise move on their parts. Now, my question is about reopening schools. Now, how are schools going to be sanitized on a daily basis? Are teachers, students, support staff, and administrators going to be required to wear masks along with the students? How are social distancing guidelines going to be practiced? How are parents going to be able to find, able to balance homeschooling and working? And how are they going to be able to find child care if they have to work? Are they going to be asked to create the activities and sporting events happening in the fall? How are students going to be able to acquire laptops and have access to the Internet? Now, how are passing periods, recess, and lunch periods going to be organized? Now, how are students with disabilities going to be able to have one-on-one instructions as opposed to instruction online as opposed to having one-on-one instructions? Our parents are going to have to develop ready routines in place so their children stay focused on having to or having structure for a remote learning environment. How soon is different styles of learning going to just not be able to attend classes in person? Now, what would happen? Coronavirus outbreak forces cancellation of classes and shutting down the schools once again. And what would happen if teachers having to catch COVID-19 from their students and turn, go back and infect their own families? My dear brothers and sisters who are parents or grandparents, do you allow your children or grandchildren to go back to school in the middle of a pandemic? Or would you have them do the online, the remote learning online? That's my second poem. Fantastic job. Fantastic job on both of them, hon. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. All right, sweetie, do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you. Oh, yeah, everybody. I can be found on You act surprised like you just realized they were here. (laughs) I can be, those of you... Uh, unfamiliar with my work, I can be found on Facebook under the name Omar Brother O'Gallon. Pretty easy to find. I uh, host a radio show myself, or uh, actually calls every Monday night. And if you like more information on that and uh, what I got going on, please connect with me on Facebook. And as always, thank you for your support of Speak Easy Cafe every week. Very cool. All right, Brother O, appreciate you being here, appreciate you sharing, and we will talk with you next week. I'll be back. Thank you. Awesomeness. All right, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. All right, next three callers will be going to 903. Then 984501 will be our third caller. Let's go ahead and grab 903. 903, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you doing? Hey, sweetie. I'm doing awesome. How are you, honey? I'm all right. I'm uh, in a world of uh, emotions right now, good and bad. So, sorry I haven't been on the show. I've been caretaking 
my uh, second cousin just died at midnight today, and I've so been sorry, caretaking honey. from 4 p.m. to 10 a.m., and then he had hospice and visiting angels. Thank you. I appreciate it. But that's why I haven't been on the show. I can't. I had to watch him and take you care know, of him. You, you, you've got such a kind, such a kind soul. You know, I just have yes. to tell you that that I that I really think that, you know, you were exactly where you needed to be, and I appreciate, I appreciate you being there for him like that. It was him, right? Right, with him. Yeah, it's yeah. with him. Yeah. And thank you yeah, so I, much. I, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I just I just know that was a good thing that you were there. Oh yeah, and I was helping him transition to the next life. So, but he's uh, not suffering and he's not in pain anymore. So, that's a really good thing because he's been suffering yeah. a lot. So, he uh, stopped eating like two weeks. Uh, well, two and a half the last two and a half weeks, I've been taking care of him. He stopped eating. All the food was bland, and even water was nasty. So. But yeah, so he's uh, so he died today, and I wanted to read uh, my newest poem. It's a tribute to him, so it's called Nathaniel Taylor, and it's acrostic. All right, you ready? Please, yes. All right, Nathaniel Taylor, atrociously beat up six cops, went to an insane asylum in Wichita Falls for three months. They're labeled as paranoid schizophrenic. Had left Christianity's ideology at age 15, needed to work his yard like a mole, inherited his father's money, even worked at lawn doctor and a tire shop, lost his parents before he died, tender-hearted and way too empathetic, afraid that afterlife was nothingness, yearned to help solve local world problems, loved working on his vehicles, playing and listening to music, on on this rich but must live like a popper kick religiously a collective consciousness that's in peace wow that was absolutely a beautiful random abstract complete portrait <laughs> thank you so much you know, glad you like i mean it it really kind of <laughs> gives us an idea of who he, who he was you know, not yep. just all the pretty stuff, but the sometimes dark stuff and the, and the things that were fun and the things that were serious. And I think that he would love that very much. Right, right. I think he would yep. be laughing with you right now if if you were to read yeah. that to him. Yeah, I hope so. I'm pretty sure he would be. But, yeah, I was trying to summarize his uh, life and basically show <laughs> both sides, the good and bad. So. I'm picturing him elbowing you really hard right now, like, hey, you ass, don't tell him that. Tell him about the time I saved the kitten. Right, yeah. <laughs> I can actually, really see he did. that for some reason. Yeah. And that's because actually, of the way you described him in the poem that I'm seeing him in that light. Yeah. Actually, he did save a dog one time. And see? The I owners knew. of the dog. <laughs> yeah, he's, he has two dogs. They're still here, too. Uh, I'm actually house-sitting right now to make sure that the neighbors don't steal or anything. You don't have a key to the camper, and there's no key to the cabin either. So I'm just sitting and chilling for a couple of days. But anyways, he did save a dog one time, and the owners actually ran him over, ran the dog over, 
or hit the dog and they didn't know that. And then they accused him killing the dog because they found his dog, the dog. He had taken the dog in and fed him and he died in his yard, not theirs. And so he got blamed for that. That's pretty messed up. <laughs> it is messed up. Yeah. Anyways, I was hacked on Facebook, so I deleted myself again for the you know twentieth time, and I decided I'm going to stay off. It's nothing personal to anybody. I just need time to get off. But uh, anyways, I uh, am actually helping my cousin, or not my cousin, my bad, my nephew. He loves to read and write, and next week, if I'm available, which I should be, I'm going to read two of his poems. And he's 12 years old, and I might talk him into getting on your show, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, why don't you do that? And if he's not with you, bring his yeah. email me his phone number, and while you're on the air, we can call him from the studio. Okay, cool. Yeah, that'd and be cool. And bring him on yeah. with us, so he doesn't have to yeah. sit there and hold and stuff and get all nervous. Just yeah, he has we his can, own we'll phone, You'll call him so. from the show, yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, I'll talk to him about it. So, but anyways, I bought him a whole bunch of books on writing, poetry, and and uh, on all sorts of things. He likes a lot of th- different things. But so I'm trying to give him the upper hand that I didn't have and the support that I didn't have whenever I was a kid. And I wrote mm-hmm. too. So, but uh, anyways, I'm trying to give him some confidence and different stuff like that. So I'll be reading those. But yeah, we could definitely do that. I'll talk to him about it. So my second one is called uh, Halloween, and uh, one of my friends, he actually publishes me a lot in his ezine. It's called Raven Cage. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's Jerry Langdon. I actually read It's Halloween, uh, uh, one of his poems from one of his books. He has five now. I have all four of them. I haven't got the fifth one yet, but I'm going to get it when I can. But uh, anyways... He's in, he's in Germany, and he's actually a veteran. He was in Desert Storm in Vietnam, but he decided to stay in Germany. So, But anyways, he uh, told me that for Halloween, he wants actual form poetry this time. So I did my first poem that I haven't ever done, and it was quite the challenge. <laughs> I so, love that you, you weren't afraid of a challenge. No, no. You sit there and it's like, fuck, I have to do a challenge. <laughs> but you jump in with both feet and you just do it. And That's right. you, you don't let it intimidate you. That's right. I, I love that about you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. This is uh, Halloween Villanelle. That's the type of poem it is. It's an old French form. So you have um, five stanzas and they're all tercets. And what? One tercet is a three-line poem, and you have A, B, A, and then you have, uh, so you have A, B, A all the way, all five of those, and then you have your quatrain. At the bottom, you have A, B, and then A, A, so you'll see what I'm talking about when I get there. All right. Halloween Villanelle. Spooky booze and cadavers, creepy cries, apparitions cackle devilishly, devilishly. Frightful screams and scary eyes, phantasms and phantoms prank disguises, living, dead, all things supernatural, spooky boos and cadavers, spooky, uh, creepy cries, my bad, scary screams and nightmarish demises, haunted hayrides and eerie candy houses, frightful screams and scary eyes, blood curdling, 
boogeyman, beast spies on everything and everyone. Spooky boos and cadavers, creepy cries. Alarming, afraid, after life arises. As bills, thinness opens up. Frightful screams and cadavers, creepy cries. Harvest, ancestral, and death's worship. Evil spirits warded off for protection. Spooky boos and cadavers, creepy cries. Frightful screams and scary eyes. That's the end piece. <laughs> and what I forgot that to tell was you so is... Much fun. Right, thank you, I appreciate it. Once I figured out how to finally do it, <laughs> got it down. So there's a refrain. So my first and third lines are repeated. That wasn't my doing. That's the part of the form. So you have your first and third lines uh, and your first stanza, which is your first third set. It's just three lines in each stanza. But uh, your first two, your first and third lines are mixed in your third sets. And then you have your your refrains, which is your last two. So, but thank you. I'm glad you liked it. I did really very much. It. So, absolutely loved both of them. And when you're sitting there tonight, I want you to raise your glass to your cousin for me, okay? All right, well, I will. Cousin, it's your cousin, right? It's my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And was it Nathan or Nathaniel? Uh. He liked to be called Nat, but it's Nathaniel is what his name was. Okay. Nathaniel. <laughs> well, so. ra- raise a toast yep. to Nat for us, okay? Yep, I definitely will. All right. And I'm probably going to write uh, another poem, maybe. I don't know if I'll write it tonight or tomorrow, but I want to write a poem about my experience as being the caretaker because I've never done it before, so... It's hard. I was my dad. Yeah. I was my it's father's very caretaker. Hard. But I think it would be cool to put it into a poem so other people can understand the experience. I think no, it's worse when you it. know the person. So. I think that it it would be a much easier task if you were not emotionally connected. And my oh, dad yeah, was definitely. a dick. You know, my right. bedroom was upstairs. He used to lay there at night, and all night long he had a buzzer, and he would ring the buzzer. And, I mean, for Uh-oh. weeks I had, like, no sleep and and my mom yeah. asked him one time, you know, why do you keep ringing that? And he goes, I just want to see how long it takes her to get down here. I mean, he was an ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my so. second cousin was an ass, too. He didn't do all that. But he was getting pretty ornery. So. Well, that's that's understandable. But my dad was always an ass. So that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he was always. But, I mean, I mean that's, yeah, loud. unfortunately, that happens. It does. It well, really does. I'm uh, glad... Uh, that I could come to your show. Like I said, sorry, I've been extremely busy, and I'm actually not working. I took a pay cut, and I'm still getting paid, but I took a pay cut to take care of my second cousin until he died. So I haven't worked, and also, I I don't know if you know, I was in a head-on collision in my dad's truck. I was a passenger, so we're still dealing with all that. So, And then I'll be working again with my dad doing building maintenance, so we won't be doing landscaping anymore. Yeah, I will. Thanks so much. Thanks for having the show and the platform, and thanks for having me on it, too. (laughs) So, anyway. (laughs) We appreciate you very much, sweetheart. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, So, this is Eric Shulman. You can find me on Twitter with the at sign. 
the uh, A with the uh, circle around it, and it's Shellman, Eric, and the S is uppercase, and the E is uppercase. You can also find me on YouTube, and uh, on YouTube, it's Eric Shellman. I got a whole bunch of videos I've been doing. I had a lot of free time, so I'm actually doing a, like an evolution of my poetry, and I'm actually starting from my poems from my youth all the way up until now. I think I have like 28 videos already on there. So, and I'm also on a blog, and hang on one second. I got my URL ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash www.blogger.com slash blog slash post slash 2559770. Six four six six twenty one twelve eighty eight ninety five question mark H L equal sign E N so that should take you there. That's really it right now. So and awesome. Like I said, thanks so much, and I'll try to be on more when I can. So <laughs> all I right, just sweetheart. Had my I had my life to take care of too. So well, that's important. You know, remember when <laughs> yep. you're not here, we're there with you, right. okay? Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. You're Appreciate welcome, it. Uh, we'll Have a great night, there. Nyla, and I'll uh, talk to you next week. Not ready. Bye-bye. All right, bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 984. 984, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla, what's up? Hey, sweetheart, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, uh, interesting poetry going on tonight. Definitely, mm-hmm. some of that. What? What? He, what? You gave that prompt uh, slice of life thing. Yeah. Yeah. You write a lot that. like that. You write that way naturally. Uh, I just write. I don't know what it is. Sometimes. Sometimes the gods of poetry tell me to shut the fuck up. You, know, you say too much, or it's like, oh man, I ain't gonna listen to rape. You know, I'm just gonna get down with it. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to do something, okay? Um, I, I want to see if you can hear this, okay? Okay. you hear that? No. Okay, good. Yeah, because I'm going to read this to a track that... I didn't write this behind the track, but I ran across the track, and um, this girl named Ashley, Ashley Marie turned me on to um, this site where you can just go on, and, and all these producers and musicians that have all this music available. But I had, uh, had previously written a piece... And then I went across, I ran across this piece, and I was like, damn, man, this thing works so fucking well within, you know, the constraints of this, uh, this musical ship, you know. So, um, let's see, let me, let me try to get back to this. Okay, here we are. 
All right. By the way, I've always enjoyed the, um, uh, like, spoken word, music, poetry, art, and the formulation of them all together. Don't know why, you know, but um, I think you can see that in my work on my page on Facebook, where I'm pretty dominant, you know. All right, mm-hmm. so here we go. One, two, three. She stripped down, never took a thread off her body. Let me get into her soul, said, what if we knew each other? Parallel universes, because you seem so close and weak and even high, girl, got my attention. She continued just like if we were dogs. And the powers that you said, go, yes, all yours, girl, grab my attention, because I got this premonition. Yes, I. Wanted this world, I can take it and give it away in a minute. Wasn't ready to quit. Said, "What if we made love a million times, never parted, and here we are now, never separated." Girl, stole my heart. I mean comes up with shit like that. I'm like, I don't do dope and whatever you're on. I don't want any she's like I'm perfectly straight. It's you trying to bend around the corner. Just lay low. Whatever is going to happen has already happened. Girl, this is in life fog up. The ocean, the lighthouse couldn't even see her coming. Holding my heart up for this breath. Girl, got my attention. This is called what is lighthouse and what portals? Mother's inventions. My name is Glenn Spill. You know, the presentation of that, all of it together, it brought out the intense, the raw intensity of emotion. It brought out the panic attack of emotion. It brought out the the whole gamut. I mean, it made it so real. That was phenomenal. I appreciate that. I could tell. Um, I could tell by you the way you were performing it that it was very that it was getting very emotional to you. That you were feeling what you were saying. Yeah, I, uh, um, I don't know. I think I think real poets are emotional, you know, to, to I don't know. You know, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but, you know, I, I don't write just to fucking put words on paper, you know what I mean? So, um, but I appreciate your compliment, you know. It was just it a is. true observation. You know me long enough. 
You've known me long enough. I don't blow smoke up people's butts. I, I wouldn't have been around this long if I did that. You know I'm very sincere in what I say. Fourteen years, yeah. Definitely. You have some weird compounds, though. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, some of the, but, you know, it's amazing how many people have learned to write from your prompts and, you know, the stuff that you manage their, I don't want to say manage their minds, but, um, you know, just feed them. Yeah. You know, seed. Yeah. That's a good word. You know, seeding, seeding a poet's mind. And I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I listen to your prompts and, you know, maybe I don't act like I'm thinking like I'm going to do that, but you know, something comes along where I go, Hey, shit, this fucking lays in line with what Nyla said, you know? So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you know, seeds that. are seeds planted are exactly that. You know, I don't know where they're going to land. I don't know what they're going to grow into or if they're going to grow at all. Sometimes, you know, I could say a hundred things to you, Glenn, and they're all just going to bounce right off. But I could say one thing to you, and it could like get a little tiny root in and start to grow. And it doesn't right. matter that the other hundred didn't, but it's pretty awesome that that one did. You know, so no one's under ever under the obligation to do a damn thing that I say. But I'm going to keep saying them because at some point something's going to take root for somebody and something's going to be created and it's going to be incredible because it would not have existed had I not pestered you all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing about it is this is all going to get registered and it's all going to get logged. And, wow, I got this cat running up and it's it feels like it's blocked. And I just love cats. I mean, I, well, I love all animals. I got squirrels. They, yeah, it's amazing. But anyway, it looked at me like, dude, you ain't gonna fuck with me, are you? I'm like, no, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm gonna do this real quick piece and let uh, other poets get on here. It's called Libra. Uh, no, I, I'm never gonna. I don't start off like that. Libra girl, continue to whisper into my ear. I'm a Virgo, can touch and smell very well. I'm not begging for an Aries. Been there, done that dovetail. Because, hey, asteroids collide. I just like getting high on you. Let the stars line up. I've had every zodiac, universe, every woman carries significance. Personally, I tend to lean to a woman that has experienced death a time or two, lived through it. If I didn't mention your zodiac, stay up there, hidden, dancing in the shadows. Eventually, I'll find you. This is called Zodiac, and my name is Glenn Still. <laughs> and we sit here waiting with bated breath, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. I loved that one. One of my readers said, could you please include Sagittarius? <laughs> I'm like, what about Taurus? Taurus girls are the best. Uh, you know... I stopped making differentiations a long time ago. Every woman ha- has, every woman has um, a significance, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and basically these two poems are about women, you know, and about you know how you look at them and what they bring to you and and. You what know, one they- of the things I love about the way you write about women is you don't write about women. You don't make us fluffy little things in peach dresses and high heels and painted on smiles. 
you let us be dirty and you let us be naughty and you let us be real and you let us be human. And we don't have to always act or pretend when you write about us. And I love that about you. I love that about your writing. I love that you let us be human. Yeah, and uh, I think it's, well, I don't know if I do it on purpose, but um, it's, uh, it's just a, I think it's just a life experience. I mean, you know, I've, I've traveled, I've traveled the world so many, uh, to so many different places and met so many different cultures and the women in the cultures and, and, you know, I mean, I remember in 80, in 84, I wound up with this girl from Lebanon that had just come out of the civil war and her mom was, uh, her mom was Christian. She was, she was Muslim, and her dad was, um, uh, what's the other tribe up there? Uh, but at any rate, you know, so there was a clusterfuck of, like, you know, cultures within the family. And um, and I, because I wanted to know her, I had to learn her whole life strategy, her whole life stratagems, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, and once you once you get in dived in that kind of thing, you know, it's like, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, <laughs> America. Yeah. I mean, you know, we say we're Americans because we accept everybody, but we do really, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird. Uh, well, so, I just, I appreciate the man you are. And I appreciate all the women who have been with you in your life, who have taught you to see women, who've helped to teach you to see women the way you see us. You know, which which someone who would pick up one of your poems and read it randomly may think I'm out of my gourd. I know, but if somebody that, but looks at a collection of your works and understands how you write about women, yeah, I would I would say I have faltered on many occasions, undoubtedly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. you know, but but you know, I I am glad that I do not always have to wear makeup around you. I am uh, glad that I don't yeah, always have exactly. to be, act like a lady around you. I am glad exactly. that I don't always have to be pure or I don't always have to be nice around you. Yeah. It's, and one it's of the a things great I freedom hate the to most feel. Is, one of the things I hate the most about women is fake. I mean, you know, and fake is all over. It's it's everywhere now. And mm-hmm. it's very hard to find a, a pure, well, I, I don't, that's the wrong word to use, but it's hard to find a woman that is indifferent to uh, the technology of culture that just allows just allows herself to be herself and doesn't I think give that we're actually seeing that a lot else. more than we used to. Probably, yeah. And, and I, I think, think a lot so. of it is because we're learning to say fuck you to Disney princesses. Exactly. I don't want to be a yeah. Disney princess. I never wanted to be a Disney princess, you know. And I grew up during the generation where all little girls wanted to be a Disney princess. So... Well, I'll just address that, okay? Um, because when you think about the Disney Christmas uh, concept, basically what it is is it's just another uh, it's just another form of homogeny, only it's, ba- it's it's formulated for women, you know. And basically, you have to adapt or adopt this kind of scenario as a woman in order to be attractive or to be, you know, like this is the love frame, and it's just. It's, and then, well, it's suicidal. I mean, seriously, you know, that's what causes divorces, you know, because women can't live up to the Disney prisons, you know. There's mm-hmm. no slipper left behind, 
You know, most. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we will leave no slipper left behind. I love it. That should that should be. <laughs> that should be the bumper sticker for third wave generation feminism. No yeah, slipper shall yeah. be left behind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to let you go with that one because it's got you laughing. And actually, there's a lot of truism in that. There's there's no mm-hmm. slipper left behind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. I'm so sorry. That was funny as hell. <laughs> All right. You know, I love you, girl. All right. <laughs> Thank you for right. calling in tonight on that. was great. We'll talk to you next right, week. Bye. bye. <laughs> oh, that's got to be a prompt. Leave no slipper left behind. All right. Our, our next caller comes from area code 510. 510, you're on the air. Hi, hi. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. How are you, you doing, sweetheart? Um... Souring on the attack. I'm glad you're here, Don. I'm so sick and tired of this political stuff. And so I just don't know. I'm going to have to leave this country, I think. You know, this is something a lot of you may not know, but I have, I am only second generation born in the United Mm -hmm. States. Um, and I have dual citizenship for Ireland. I have I'm dual Ireland. citizenship. Yeah. So I, you know, I could, I could, I, and sometimes it's so tempting. <laughs> you know, just just so tempting. I'm gonna go raise potatoes, you know, and cause havoc like my my grandfather did in Ireland, and and you know, I, it's just sometimes it's so tempting, so tempting. I think that if someone if one person is reelected, I will have to petition for um, residency in Finland. I can't. If this rapist in the White House, oh, sorry. If, 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 if this rape, if this rapist in the White 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 House is reelected, I will leave. I will not. I love that white, white, white house. I, I can't. I Maybe I'm a coward. I don't know. I no, think. no. I, I understand completely. You know, and I have honestly thought about that, but then, you know, it's like, you know, am I just giving up and abandoning you know, a ship when I shouldn't? Should I stay here and be part of the change? You know, what should I do? What should I do? But it's really hard to be a part of something that I honestly in my gut cannot believe in. No. You know, no. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't like voicing my political opinions on this show because I am nothing but a phone operator. You know, I do nothing but answer mm. calls. This show's about your guys' opinions, and it should not be a platform for mine because then I alienate people. You know, so no, I try no, really no. hard not to get political. But I did not like Trump as a human being before he ever became, was ever elected president. You know, so I'm not being, I'm not picking on him for being, a, I've never liked him. I have never liked him as a human no. being from when I first knew him when he was, you know, he came into the news when he was younger. I've never liked the man. You know, so I'm not going to start liking him now just because he's our president. My you know, so I hope that are, that's fair. My toes are 
kicking the bottom of my my shoes right now, my sandals right now, because I get so irritated. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's just not right. I have to say some poetry. I have to get out of that bad place. Then um, share something with us, my darling, and let's let's go somewhere else. Let's let's leave yeah, what's yeah, his face yeah. wherever he is. This poem is titled Private Poem, General Mayhem. And it's in memory of Robert Lowell. It begins with a Finnish word, hating, which means mother. So here we go. Hating, you no longer mingle with my friends who live life. Dead, you continue as a growth in my head. Not cancerous, but perhaps neither benign. Your way of presenting penetrates both tight and wide. Healthy enough to stand, I sit handcuffed by your absence so that the pain of your passing remains and I twist words in these lines as if I still kept a curl of marijuana taped to the back of my neck beneath the collar of my shirt. Today, the sweat of using a dictionary to lubricate the sole of my dancing pen injects syringe-like acceptance of the day, causing tears to weep and drop from the page. I have some questions for you and anybody else that wants to respond. One, the beginning with a foreign word. Um, Does that kill the poem? Does Does it work as a hook even though it stops attention? I don't think so. I think, at listening to you read that, Don, I think that it, it was probably, I don't want to say the most engaging thing that I've, one of the most engaging things I've ever heard you read, but it, it, it's probably up there in my probably my top ten favorites. I don't know. There was something about it that just—I can't—I can't put my finger on it. But there was no, nothing off-putting or alienate, alienating about it at all for me. I, I thought. I thought. I—I I mean, there. I could sit down at a workshop with kids. And take that poem and and point out so many things, so many examples in that piece. If I had it sitting here in front of me and writing right now, I could do it right now. Um, yeah. That I thought were just sheer brilliance. Well, that's that's. I'm still after what this. I'm sorry. I, I laugh like a like a tenor jackass, but I'm not. Uh, you laugh like I'm my darling. Base, I'm a I'm a base jackass. <laughs> Does do the tight lines in the middle um make 
light of the death of a person, like um, dead and head, dead, you continue as a growth in my head. No, in fact, you know, I wrote that. I wrote that. I actually have that written down on paper. Dead, you continue as a growth in my head. Not benign. You, I think you said something. And then, but cancer, but not not cancerous, but not benign. No, no I thought that no. was amazing. I mean, what person would not want to be that? I mean, if I'm gone, I want to know that even in my death, I'm inside your head doing shit. I thought that was a, that was one of the lines that I seriously I could take a picture right now of this piece of paper and post it online and show you that I wrote that that's the exact line that I wrote down. The longer metaphors, uh, the surreal metaphors, um, lubricate the soul s o l e of my dancing. Pen, the pen, you know, you write with. Mm-hmm. I was... Mm, mm. Did that come across, or honestly, or was it a little um, confusing? I did not think that it was confusing, nor the line where you're talking about the marijuana smoke under the collar. I really, yeah. really thought it was a great piece. It was okay. not confusing then, to me. Okay, and then the last question for me is, uh, the last causing tears to weep and drop from the page. Initially, there is a part confusion. Is the page crying, or is the person who is delivering the poem crying and the tears are dropping to the page and from the page dropping further away. You know, so I think that both it, possibilities. I think that to me it would be both possibilities. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the loss the loss of both are crying, you know, the loss of the pen to the paper, what what should be on paper. The loss the loss itself would make the paper cry. Yeah. And then the the person having to deliver the message to the paper, also weeping. So for me, I thought that ending was really strong because, you know, I'm thinking about first knee-jerk reaction was the person writing it. But then instantly, for me personally, it went to the paper. The actual paper was crying, which made it freaking awesome. Um, that was the last question I had. Then there's four things I'd like to include. About an hour before the program, I um, set your um, Speakeasy Cafe online um, to appear on uh, my cubby on Facebook, Tweet, LinkedIn. And something called Pintus Pinton Pinton a graphic um Pinterest. I think that was it. That had difficulties. Yeah. I didn't know how to operate that. 
I don't know how to operate all those, so you're ahead of me if you only didn't know one. But, yeah, thank you. No, so that I, was very sweet. I, I, I say this because other people can copy it, but more importantly, there might be some people who didn't see the the um, display ad for uh, the speakeasy who might be phoning you late. So what I'm going to say is goodbye for now. Thank you very, very much for the feedback, and let's get on to some of those new people who might be listening now. Bye-bye. appreciate you so much, Don. Love you so dearly. You know this. You're so important to me. Thank you so much for being here tonight. All right. And poof, he is gone. All right, our next caller comes from Area Code 503. 503, you are on the air. 503, are you with me? Yes. Hey, you. I I am. Hey. <laughs> How are you? I am doing absolutely awesome. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm staying isolated and going to Washington Park. But I really liked what your last caller had to say. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know how it is. Uh, you're always talking about haikus, and I'm always saying haikus are for poets, and lyrics are for um, song writers. So I have a couple of... I've been actually doing um, two to three limericks every week because of your homework kind of thing on the haiku thing, right? <laughs> Still listening? Like I said, you're, all of these are open to interpretations. When I say haiku, <laughs> if you hear limerick, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, well, haikus are for poets and limericks are for songwriters. And I have been looking over the last couple of weeks of what I've been writing, which has mostly been in Washington Park, because, uh, you know, it's really hard to write in downtown right now. Too many riots and stuff like that. Anyway, I I wrote, and I I found two um, limericks that I think fit together. So, I would like to read that, and then let you guys go. Please do. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, all right. There once was a guy from Nantucket. He touched her gate to unlock it. He felt all around in the dark till he found the key when he finally touched it. Love has this awkward gaze. We are required. Required to be engaged. Eros, Pragma, Lutus, Agapa. You will know it. You will know love when you are amazed. End of point. <laughs> that was that awesome. Okay? That was okay. <laughs> that was more than okay. <laughs> oh, it was a lot of fun. 45 freaking haikus. No, I mean limericks. <laughs> oh, there were a few haikus mixed in. But 
<laughs> you know, you're doing exactly what you should be doing with it. You're taking taking a seed and just letting it. Ha- you're having fun with it. You know, too many times we sit down and we take ourselves. We're such pompous dicks. You know, we we take ourselves so freaking seriously that you know we have to walk around and we have to be you know and we're and, and you know we're all about the likes and and all this and we have to be so you know our facade has to be so perfect that I love it <laughs> I love it when when we're willing to just have fun and be silly and be ourselves and be real and make mistakes and and have have fun and not to always have to be perfect. Perfect, and you know, in doing that, we are honing our true perfection. You know, no. and so I love that you. I love you. You've had that spirit about you since the first day I ever met you, and you have never no. lost that in all these years. You still have that freaking imp. You know, oh, one of the wild you. boys living inside you, and you. I love that about you. Well, bless you. Uh, you know, I, I've always thought of, you know, words as being entertaining. And I know that serious poets really want to get a message across. And I appreciate both sides, but I'm so much better with a limerick than a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm better at, at, at helping and to entertain than mm-hmm. to really push my point. You know what I mean? But I think in sometimes it is it's the subtle little it's like getting that tune in your head that gets stuck and you can't get it out. Right. You know, the right. the, the little thoughts that come in sideways and and hook their little fangs in. It's like, where in the hell did that come from? No, 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 no. God, get that song. No, 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 no. It won't go away. No, 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 no. And it's there. You know, it's 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 just there. It never goes away. Those don't come from long, serious, epic things. Those are like Gilligan's Island's theme song, or you know, the Rainier <laughs> beer commercial. The things that will never leave you come from those little snippets, like you're talking about. So, you know, never underestimate the power <laughs> of a good uh, limerick. <laughs> you know, I I I keep a notebook by my bedside, and I keep another notebook by my TV side. Now I don't watch much TV, but I do watch a lot of crap, <laughs> okay? Even if it's not on TV, it's still on Netflix. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, I just pull shit. And, uh, you know, it's, it is kind of interesting, um, you know, how you feel about things after a while when, you know, stuff goes down. And this poem in, in itself... I was a little worried about it because it's actually about sex, but I don't think No, really? (laughs) You didn't catch it, did you? Yes, I did. That's good for me. Oh, you did. Yeah, I did. (laughs) No, wait a minute. No, I didn't. I had no clue, John. I, what? Oh, you got to go back to the archive now. What are you talking about, Seth? No, the entire first verse was, the entire first uh, limerick was about sex. It, actually, mm-hmm. you, you talked at the beginning of the program about, you know, first kisses. 
Well, mm-hmm. really, that whole first verse about there was once a guy from Nantucket, yeah, that was basically about first sex. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what are the reason is there to go to Nantucket? And that's and, the only reason and, I think they even go to another, like, and then their tourism poster or something. <laughs> a tourism poster? <laughs> Yeah, for Nantucket. You go to Nantucket to fuck it, what? No, the the (laughs) Nantucket thing is comedy, okay? (laughs) But there is no tourism poster about the girl that I was talking about. Not the girl, (laughs) about Nantucket. It's unlike the Nantucket Tourism Board. What other reason is there to go to Nantucket? As soon as you said Nantucket, I I knew where you were going. Well, let me ask you this. Does Nantucket have a gate? Because I said a guy from Nantucket who touched her gate. I don't think there's a gate in Nantucket. I actually. Don't I'm going to Google it because I bet you somewhere in Nantucket there's a freaking gate. I bet there's a whole bunch of yeah. gates in Nantucket. Yeah. Well, I'll bet she didn't shave her freaking armpits before she met me. <laughs> Oh, see, now we're getting into a whole different thing called furries, and I'm just not going there. No, no, me neither. I actually had to ask my (laughs) 26-year-old son, you know, what what the fuck's a furry? And he's like, really, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know before NCIS. That's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) See, you watch TV, I have to ask my son. (laughs) Uh, All right, all right. We're going to quit right here, John. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're just digging ourselves in deeper. (laughs) But I do love you, and I really appreciate the format. Okay? And I hope I wasn't just. Well, I just hope I wasn't comic relief. Oh, you were awesome. You were awesome. Always. You too, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, honey. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Is that me? Mm-hmm. Nyla! That be you. Nyla, what's going on? You can, you know, it's really frightening to me that you can make your voice go higher than mine. We can't That's do that. <laughs> yeah, can I do that? I can't. My voice is so low. I don't have a girly uh, voice at all. No, yes, she does. Oh, yes, she does. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. You have to worry about that. Uh, that you will not be mistaken for a guy. No way. No way. No way. muffin and I have some grapes on my desk. I want a burger. 
orange muffin? Is it just yeah. colored orange? Food no, it's coloring? like orange flavored. Yeah. It's like an orange scone muffin. Oh, okay. That sounds good. It looks uh, good. I'm afraid you. if I eat it, you guys will hear me. Oh, you want me to uh, want me to recite my poem extra loud so you can munch? <laughs> let's, 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 can you hear me taking it out of the bag? Okay, keep going. Keep making noise. This is um. All right, I'm ready. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. That's I want to do a poem poem by can I do two or or is it time shortened? Uh you can do two. Okay. I'd like to do a poem by uh Paul Lawrence Dunbar. I went to his high school back in Chicago and didn't realize I, I never read a Paul Lawrence Dunbar a poem when I was in high school or the, they they low key did it and everything. It's like, man, I I missed something miss something so I'd like to read this <clears throat> poem uh, by Paul Lawrence Dunbar written in 1913 called uh, Easy Going Fella I'm Easy Going Fella there ain't no use in all this strife a hurrying pale male right through life I don't believe in going too fast to see what kind of road you pass. It ain't no mortal kind of good. And if I could, I'd hurry if I would. I like to just go jogging along, to limber up my soul with song, to stop a while and chat the man, and drink some cider now and then. Don't want no bones uh, standing by to see me work and all I try. I do my duty right straight up and earn what fills my plate and cup. And as for both, I'll be my own. I like to just be left alone to plow my strip and tend my bees and do just like a doggone please. My head's all right, my heart's a mellow, but I'm a easy-going fella. Thanks for listening. Paul Lawrence Dunbar, 1913. You know, I think what is really fantastic about that poem is, first of all, Dunbar was extremely educated and spoke perfect English. And the only way to make of, money is is, is the by... The only way to, yeah, the only way to make money, the only way he could get his stuff published is to black his talk, to black his writing. Yeah. Right. To talk in, talk in the, the, the speech pattern, speech patterns of black people back then. That's the, and, yeah. and that's, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. So for me to know that about him, and see all of that slang, all of that speech patterns being used throughout this piece, but realizing what the message inside this piece. You know, I'm going to plow my own strip. I'm going to tend my own my own bees. I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to do what I want because I don't have a boss no more. But, you know, 
my heart smell, I'm happy, I'm good where I'm at, you know, but you're an easy, but I'm an easygoing fella. And yeah. this was written in a time where things weren't easygoing for black people at all. You know, no, it was no, no, hard. No. You know, so yeah. I, th- th- this seems like such a, just, a, I mean, you could almost put this to some some good, you know, black folk music back then. You know, and it would sound like a happy song. But there's a lot going on. There's a really strong message in this song about, you know, I'm I'm doing good. I'm all right. I'm happy. I'm tending my bees, but I'm in my I'm I'm in a good place. So don't mess with me, because right now yeah. I'm fine. Right now I'm getting by. I'm I'm finding my place no in this world, you know. Yep. And I'm an easygoing fellow. But at the same time, in him saying that, it's also to me saying. Don't push me into a corner either. You know, I think there's right. a lot more going on in this piece than is showing on the surface, and I think the hints for that are all the way through that. This has always been, to me, I have always thought this was one of his, I don't know, I just thought this was one of his most important pieces just because of that reason. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. I love this one. Yeah, I, I, that's it's my favorite. It's in, it's in my, uh, what do you call it, Uh Computer device, <laughs> my computer device. Oh, so, mm-hmm. so not not to take a, a lot of time. Uh, if I could do my next poem, it's Please. it's a poem that was influenced by a movie, and I've got a couple of friends that are doing an anthology about poems that were influenced by movies, and they're taking uh, uh, submissions. And uh, if anybody's interested, just just uh, uh, look me up on Facebook. S E A B E is my uh, Facebook name. S E A B E C B. Look me up, and uh, I'll give you all the details. So let me get this poem out the way. And uh, it was influenced by a movie, uh, Stars Born, um, called Rally Love. There's no need, she said. Rarely do I. Friendship is close enough for a while. We do have things in common, and those stand the test of time. Rarely love, she said. Brokenhearted, heals alone, alone. That's all she would say on that. So in time, we grew each other's tending needs, tilling needs. And as our hearts grew to blossom and bloom, but still, she would say, rarely love. Hunger for another never truly goes away. Rarely carry love, tears shed alone, alone. And... Time grew, and the tilling of our hearts, the blooming I could feel start soon. This love we have, she surprised herself as she spoke. Is that rarer love? You're that rarer man I need. She heard my whisper. I'll never leave you. 
My soul is here to complete you. Each morning I will greet you, and each night sweeter than before. I travel far and wide. Who knew I finally find that rarer love? And I won't let you ever get away, ever get away. Reassured, she closed her eyes, and she died the very next day, the next day, my rarer love. Thanks for listening. And that's, so that one you wrote, did you write it based on the movie prior to knowing about the the uh, poems written to movies, or did you write it for that? No, I wrote it back in, uh, man, when did I write that back in? Uh, oh, 12, 2012. So, so it's one of the movies that I picked out that I'm a probably, uh, one of the poems I picked out I'll probably submit to this anthology. And you just, you had it written to, that is really cool. You know, I've got, I don't know if you've ever remember this old, old movie. I watched it on like Turner Classic Movies one time called Alice's Restaurant. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, it sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Just, what was yeah, it about? This hippies, a bunch of hippies back in the 60s or 70s. I don't remember what it was, but Alice had a restaurant. They tried to find somewhere to get rid of a bunch of garbage and stuff like that, and it was kind of like reminded me of the the Woodstock days and things like that. It's just this weird movie called Alice's Restaurant. There's a song about it, yeah, but I wrote a poem amazing. about a girl who went to Woodstock because of that movie. So mm. that, that's the only one. That's the only one I have inspired by a movie was when I wrote about a girl at Woodstock because of the movie Alice's Restaurant. That's a cool wow, movie. Yeah, I, I don't remember it a lot, but... Yeah, you should sub- submit it. You never know if it'll be accepted or, or not. You know, you got to do submitting. And uh, you, I think you get to up submit uh, about uh, three poems. So anybody that's listening that has uh, poems submitted or poems inspired by movies, just drop me a line, CB, and uh, I'll give you all the details on it. And, uh, Hopefully the, the anthology will be a big fat, big fat anthology. It'll be a big fat <laughs> one with all greasy. It'll be all greasy and stuff, man. <laughs> You're so awesome. I got to eat half my muffin during this. That's great. See, see. I love you so uh, much. Multitask, multitask, <laughs> multitasking. Great. Oh, All right, my darling. Oh, Tell everyone how to find you, CB. Charles CB Banks, uh, uh, Facebook, C S E A B. Same thing on SoundCloud. I've got like fifteen, twenty uh, audios of on SoundCloud. I need to submit one or two to 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 you, Nyla, so you can play them at the beginning of the show. Would you? Be great. Yeah. I would I be so Halloween happy. Yeah, one uh, Halloween or, or one about uh, fearing the good stuff or something like that. You know? I want all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one or two is cool. You can come on. You can eat a muffin for one. 
Elise. All right, you can Hamburg. you can send me whichever ones you want, but I will take as many as you send. Okay. Okay. okay thanks. Thank <laughs> You're you. welcome. All right. You know me. I want all. all right. I yeah, I do. I want all of them, but you know, I'll take what you send. I can't be greedy. I want them all, but I'll take what you send. Oh, I'll send you the greasy bag ones. <laughs> the greasy burger bag ones, man. That, that's so delicious when you say it like when, when I say it like that. Uh, uh, that I know because it makes you think of those French fries that are, you know, that just big, thick, fat-cut French fries, and they got still got a little bit of grease in them, and they're little just on the touch too salty side, and they're super hot and yummy, and oh god, ugh. Yeah, and they're wrapped in in parchment paper and put in a brown bag. Yep, yep, and the the back outside of the bag is seeping seeping through with oil. That's the best French fries. Yeah. Yes, yes. There you go. Thank you, sweetie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat one right now. Let me get up and get one. I cannot be the only person alive who has ever used their finger to lick the inside (laughs) of a popcorn bag. Yeah, yeah, the buttery popcorn, not the artificial butter, but the real butter popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, Charles, we'll talk to you next week, my love. I'm going to take care, Mama. I love you, my dear. Love you. Yeah, that's my, that's my high voice. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a little girl now. Oh, I know. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> Bye, uh, hon. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, our next caller comes from area code 609. 609, you are on the air. Hi there. Hello. I knew that you were going to pick me when I was eating. So I finished (laughs) up eating. I just knew it. How did you Um, know? Yes, um, I actually have tie-ins for um, subjects you were talking with different callers. I lived on Nantucket for um, a year. I went on vacation uh, for a couple of weeks up there and wound up staying. Wound up just, you know, forgetting about my life in New Jersey and stayed to live there. So I ha- do they have a lot of sex in Nantucket? Well, um <laughs> Some people might. I mean, uh, you could say that about anywhere, you know. But um, there are supposed to be a lot of ghosts up there. There are a lot of haunted are they places sex? up there. Uh, what is on your mind tonight, Nyla? Alicia? Because they were talking. They were talking about. They were, they were talking about a limerick and about sex. And, and that story that you know, there once was a girl in Nantucket. And I said, that's because, you know, sex is on their tourism board. Uh, you know, what else do you write about Nantucket? Everyone's always having sex in limericks when they're in Nantucket. So I'm just trying to figure out if that's true. Have you ever been Have you ever been there? No. I think but I this had is a Nantucket that exists so. in your brain. <laughs> I'm booking a flight. <laughs> the, the question is, why is sex on the tourism board in your mind? Because on your in crazy all the Nantucket. limericks I've ever heard about, when they're in Nantucket, it has to do with sex. If it starts well, out there, once was a person in Nantucket, they're going to end up having sex. Well, I mean, 
they're dirty limericks. They are. But I did want to say that when I was up there, one of the big tourism shirts, like you could tell someone was a tourist walking around there, um, they had shirts at the time that said, it was a fad, I am the man from Nantucket. <laughs> I am the woman from Nantucket. That's so funny. that was like one thing. The other thing was the other tie-in to the other, I think it was the last caller. You were talking about Alice's restaurant. They had a, Martha's Vineyard had a radio station that you could get on Nantucket at the time called um, Album Radio. And they would play only album sides. And every year they would play. You can get anything you want at well, Alice's, at Alice's restaurant. restaurant, except in Alice. <laughs> except, except in Alice, and um, they would play that on Thanksgiving, right around noontime, every year. And there's a radio station in New York, a major radio station, that stole that idea. And um, you know, like they have to steal everything else that's cool. They stole that idea. Now they do it. You know, they act like you know they invented it. But it actually came from Nantucket. I heard rumors that there was a coven on Nantucket of witches that went out on the moors. I don't know if that's true. I do know there are documented haunted houses. I stayed in one. I actually stayed in, in a bed and breakfast that was supposed to be haunted by an old sea that captain. Would be, that would be awesome fun. I would do that. Well, and I, and I I stayed right where I I had a whole floor to myself. I mean, it was a mansion. Uh, I had a friend who married a millionaires, and um, at the time they lived in an eleven million dollar uh, whaling mansion on Orange Street in Nantucket. And um, I uh, I stayed in there while there was a storm. I read Scary Zombie Book, and uh, the ghost never talked to me, never bothered me. Um, so I guess he was cool with me. I don't know. I guess he liked, you know, overweight, bald poets chilling out. I don't know. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> but um, but now I, I, they they never had an issue, and then they decided to make the p- place a bed and breakfast. For a while, my friends, and then they started. Uh, other people started having problems. They had chambermaids running out of the house screaming in broad daylight. They even had people come in, and I think they had parapsychologists come in. And there are other places are like there's there's an old Methodist church that the attic. Uh, they have an attic up there, and if you put a lock on the attic. You, there's all kinds of racket, and in the morning the 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 lock is twisted and broken, um, and that's been documented for over a hundred years. So all kinds of interesting stuff. Up, I almost died up there. I should actually write about my experiences up there, huh? Because um, I had some interesting ones. But um, uh, should I read some poetry? That would be awesome. Okay. Uh, I should say my name's. William M. Beck, and this is called, uh, just don't ask me what I was thinking about, because I have no idea when I wrote this, but 
It's called The Miracle of the Unseeming. Where the broodlings of your mind are teeming, where the soul's prisoners of the labyrinth are scheming, where the rays of the black sun are beaming, lies the miracle of the unseeming. Where the werewolf's eyes are gleaming, where the years, where the tears of God are streaming, and the wails of fallen angels are keening, lies the miracle of the unseeming. Through the cells of mind unfreeing, to the core of your ecstatic being, in the eye of the galactic tempest unseeing, through spectral forest of unbeing, lies the miracle of the unseeing. Thank you. So, William, what were you thinking when you wrote that one? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I I love it though. I think that you should find some good music. Some good haunty type music. Not cheesy haunted like Halloween music, but something kind of dark. And uh, I think you should record that. That would be really fun. Well, that's not the only scary thing. See, I am. If someone else did sort of like a, a spooky Halloween villanelle, I'm like, oh, they're stealing my thunder because I have all kinds of villanelles. I read you the love villanelle, this happy love villanelle, right? Mm-hmm. And yet I wish, wish it were not so. And people like that one, though. I mean, I've read that one in bars and had, like, you know, working-class guys come up to me and say, well, you're a legit poet, you know. And, <laughs> you know, like, real surprised. Like, you know, I really pre- appreciated your stuff. Like, oh, okay, my wife really likes it. I would like to, you know, have something like that engraved, you know. Oh. But um, I have stuff that's pretty scary. I have a poem... Uh, a villanelle called uh, The Churchyard But I wasn't going to read it tonight Because you were talking about Night terrors oh, And I'm afraid That some of my poems might you know, Inspire that So I really it, it, well, ha- it doesn't matter what I'm dreaming I mean if it happens it happens It has nothing to do with dreaming um, has- I also have one about um, A difficult period Um Called uh, Lullaby for a 72-year-old stroke survivor. I took care of my mother for two years after she had two serious strokes. The second one really ripped her up. But that one was so emotional. I was just reading it, and I was so emotional that um, I'm just not going to do that one tonight. Um, I was just a little bit. That was a couple of years ago, and it's still just. I a understand bit completely. Too raw. Um, I'm glad I wrote it, though. Um, there's another one called One Last Cup of Coffee about the death of my sister-in-law. Again, just a little bit, you know, I'm, what can I say, uh, Nyla? I'm a man. We like to hide our emotions deep down. That's the way society taught us to be. Cover them over. Um, let me. Then I want you to write a poem for me. Okay. I want you to write a poem about all the people you hide your emotions from because you're supposed to be a man. And I want you to write a poem entitled, For You, I Will Be a Lesser Man. 
and write about the emotions that you're not supposed to write about because you're a man. Well, I'm still working so you, on the I'm other one. You, you've other given words, me all this homework. For you, homework. I'm not going to hide behind my emotions. For you, I'm not going to hide behind my emotions. For you, I will be a lesser man That's and your, say what it, I really mean. It sounds like you're writing the poem. I think you no. should write it. <laughs> no, See how I'm trying to evade this? A, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> I know. I mean, you're great. You just give no one a place to hide. No. You mu- you're an excellent teacher. You really are an excellent teacher. <laughs> You're a teacher, uh, right? I mean, you te- I mean, you teach this stuff professionally, right? No. You should. I'm. I'm professionally. I'm a photographer. Um, and you, you should. You should be. You should be doing this. I yeah, mean, well, you are do doing radio. it professionally. Assuming am, you're getting actually. paid for this, you're doing this. No, I now don't get paid for this. Trust me, no. No, this no? is this is 14 well, years of volunteering. <laughs> you should be. You should be getting something for this. But I do. Um, you have no idea the payment I get. Um, I'm very rich for it. <laughs> but um, so instead, um, it's still summer, and um, well, there are also rumors of fairies on Nantucket. Uh, my friend, some of my friends were Icelandic, and they keep it quiet. But let me tell you, I think some people have finally. It, it may have been in the news a little bit. Um, Iceland. I had friends who were Icelandic um, who lived on Nantucket. And Iceland, they have these signs that you'll see. They're, they look like traffic signs, and they're yellow, and they've got black rings. And you'll see them from time to time, like out in the wilderness or whatever. You know, and you're, it's like, you know, whatever. might be, uh, maybe it's falling rocks or something. But what it is is those areas that have, like, a yellow Looks like, you know, a yellow traffic sign with a circle. Those are areas that have been designated as ferry mounts. And, I mean, they have them on, on, you know, in Iceland. They have them in different areas. They don't talk about it to the outside world much, but they really believe. You know, there's still people who believe in that stuff, really. Um, So in that vein... This is called Fay Moon Tonight. Are those fireflies dancing late into the midsummer night? I hear strange music through my open window. It streams. Strains of otherworldly ballads hint that not as all as it seems. And I see small figures dancing within the lights. The townsfolk avoid the sacred mounds when the moon burns bright. And I hear ever louder music and laughter, cries and screams, prayer voices come to me in my dreams, and I feel drawn to those capering figures in the moonlight. Just fair warning to the unwary as I sit down to write, tonight don't let your children play by moonlit, moonlit streams or listen to seductive voices in their dreams. For the enchanted tr- children weave their schemes, and there's a fey moon out tonight. Thank you. I love it. Um, yes, one of my friends uh, who lived on Nantucket um, definitely um, she a, a neo pagan and. Um, 
uh, haven't talked to her in a long time, but neo-pagan and um, makes uh, cookies for the different pagan seeds for in bulk and different the different pagan seeds and um, uh, you know uh, gardens by the plants uh, stuff by the phases of the moon and that type of thing. So I thought of her, I guess, when I was reading it. Um, but okay, my um, name is William M. Beck, and that's where you can reach reach me on Facebook. And so you, um, I still have that other poem that I have to write you, that I have to write, um, that you uh, told me to do last week. So I still have that that I have to do. You don't have to write them. No, well, no, I don't have to, written. but I, I, what's the use of a prompt? If you don't, if someone pours you a glass of wine, you don't have to drink it. But what it's kind of dumb if you, if you just let it sit there, right? <laughs> yeah. Someone makes you a plate of food, you don't have to eat it. Right? It would be rude not to, right? If you get out your your gardening tools and everything, and you have your seeds sitting there in front of the dirt, you don't have to plant it. But, um, but yes, I'm gradually, uh, I have, I have been writing a little bit. Um, I have tons of prompts. I mean, I've been writing down the prompts and between, uh, your shows and, um, what, uh, what I heard, like, um, I guess two weeks ago when you had your guest in, forget her name, but um, tons of stuff there. You know, I couldn't get it all down at the time, so I'm going to have to go back to it. But so um, just to recap, I don't don't want to be boring for our listeners out there, but you'd like me to write a poem about um, uh, the emotions I hide from people and call it... um, I'm the lesser man, was that it? For you, I'll be a lesser man. For you, I'll be a lesser man. But see, that's your title. That's your that's title. That's the prompt. You you that, can change it if you want, but that's the prompt. For you, I'll be a lesser And talk about the emotions that I hide from people because I am a man. Okay. Well, I guess I have to be careful what I I uh, talk about around you because everything is going to get turned into a Of course you do. <laughs> I thought that, you, that that goes without did even. Did you really saying, think right? this is a safe place? <laughs> this isn't a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could argue that uh, it makes me feel much better. I'm looking for a teaching job. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll be in unemployment forever. <laughs> but uh, this well, is another William me, Beck. You gave me homework as well because I ha- now have like four Google pages pulled up talking about the elves and stuff in Iceland. And according to a 2007 study by the University of Iceland, an estimated 62% of the nation believes that the existence of, of elves is more than a fairy tale. They actually am, believe in them over there. I am telling you there are people, I'm not saying I do, but there are people that faith in the in the in places where there are Celtic people, and that's not the only place, um, uh, England, you know, Scotland, Wales, uh, uh, pro- probably where there are Celts in France, 
there's an area of France where there Britannia, I think there are there are a lot of Celts too, and um, I think you'll find the fairy faith is alive and well. You in, know, I my I have Celt heritage. That's my background, and and you know a lot of uh, Irish as well. Um, I'm only second generation born in the United States from Ireland, so. Yeah, you're kind. You're kind of talking my language. I believe in elves. I, um, I believe in them. <laughs> well, my my friends, um, we used to joke. I mean, they're very tall Scandinavian-looking. Well, Lee wasn't that tall, but I mean, blonde, beautiful. Um, and we used to joke that they were part elven, and I believe that. The Elven language in the Lord of the Rings is based on Icelandic. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, but he was a linguist. Uh, he uh, Tolkien actually wrote um, he wrote a translation of Beowulf. Like there's a translation of Beowulf by him, and um, supposedly Elven, like the Elven language that he created, is supposed to be based on. You know, on uh, Icelandic. So, because it's supposed to be a fairly pure derivative of the of the Viking tongue. Um, that if the Vi- if Vikings came back, um, they'd be able to speak to Icelandic folk. But you can look all that stuff up. I am. See, so you you did homework <laughs> too. So it's okay. So. I will be your lesser man is the title. For you, I'll be a lesser man. For you. I'll be Why is that so hard? I will be a lesser man. And, um, okay, so, um, yeah, so I don't want (laughs) to have more dead air because um, I bet there are other people out there. (laughs) <laughs> that want to read poems. Um, I did not forget just two things before I go, and whoever the next caller is, I apologize. I just say this. Um, uh, I will work on that prompt, but also I didn't forget about calling you, about, uh, I mean, uh, messaging you about possibly doing a workshop. I didn't forget Whenever about that. Whenever you're ready. So Whenever I will. You're ready. I will. I just. I didn't want you to think I'm unreliable. So I, I will um, message you. Although um, your previous caller kind of did a mini workshop on the Villanelle, sort of. Um, he kind of laid out the 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 whole thing for the Villanelle there. So I mean that's sort of. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that, but there are other ideas. Um, but I'll message you about it. But anyway. Uh, thank you so much, as um, another caller said, thank you so much for providing the, the venue and for being you, Nyla, and uh, very much appreciate it. Um, uh, maybe I should leave with saying that um, there's a poetry site that I'm on on Facebook, and anytime we see a negative po- comment, I'm thinking like, like someone wrote... Um, there's too much political BS on here. I'm like, oh, a writing prompt. And then someone <laughs> else someone else responded to um, 
I felt bad. There was a gentleman who said, okay, I'm going to post this. Someone wrote, someone, one of my friends wrote to me, I was something like, you're a bad poet. Please don't write any more poetry. And I was like, that is your next poetry writing prompt right there. How great is that? Seriously. Well, here's the thing. I knew someone a long time ago who was a writer. And he met uh, – are you familiar with Harlan Ellison? No. The Well, he – Wow, you don't know a lot about science fiction writers. Um, Harlan Ellison... I don't know um, anything about science fiction writers. I couldn't um, even tell you who wrote Star Wars. Well, um... Lucas. Okay, yes. Well, he... I mean, but he he took lots of ideas from other people. Um, but, uh... Yes, well, um... I'm sorry, I just lost my train I just lost my train of thought now. <laughs> but um I'm talking about science fiction writers. Um George Lucas. What was I um what was I saying? Just somebody somebody said something, you asked me if I knew who they were, I said no. Oh boy. Okay. Well anyway, I suppose I'll remember it for next time. But um yeah, that that <laughs> I bugs do that me. too all the time. That bugs me now. So, um because there's something I really wanted to say, but uh uh but anyway, I'll remember it when I get off the phone. But thank you uh so much. I appreciate it. And um uh and I'm trying to remember that about whatever whatever it was. But um so thank you so much, and um, I guess I will see you, uh, or I will be listening uh, next week. Well, I will look forward to it, sweetheart. Thank you. Okay. You have a good night. <laughs> All right. You too, hon. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Always good to hear from William. All right, our next caller. Comes from area code two one six two one six. You're on the air. Yes, two one six. He was never going to remember what he was going to say. He was going to say about that. Um, What's that, Mama? I can't hear you very well. I said he wasn't going to remember what he was going to say. He was going to say about the um, about the uh, writer, the writer that was a um, science fiction writer named Harlequin, and um. He didn't get to remember the name because I went to I put some juju on him, so the sleep was forget to sleep. Don't don't mess with the mama juju. <laughs> so he shaking shaking crows heads and frogs feet. <laughs> look at look at that inbox and see the face I made. I'm taking that long. <laughs> oh God. Okay. That's so funny. Yeah, but he was trying to remember so bad. You messed him up because you cut him off, and then you I had know him I do that. that. I'm so bad. And then you had him writing that that sad piece. Who wants to be going around admitting that they're less of a man? I felt so sorry for him. No, being less of a man makes you more of a man. You know, you know how men how you you, men have to walk it. around and hide their feelings. I we can't know. I can't show you how Nobody I feel because I'm a man. 
Uh, we got the gist of it, but still, nobody wants to write about oh, oh, I'm less of, how less of a man I am because I, I'm you know because now I can cry and be more of a oh come on he didn't want to do that he didn't all right do it. William he, you he don't have to do write it. my stupid prompt <laughs> is that better poor, poor, poor Mama thing. said you don't have to do what I said <laughs> so William you don't have to write that poem because it was dumb we'll change the prompt to I'll shed my tears in front of you. Because I trust you that much. Put it like that. Then he doesn't have to be less. He can be more. Okay. How about that? Sometimes less is more. Right, but he doesn't want to be saying that. That's what you don't get. It was so hard. He can't even remember it. And then you wouldn't even let him tell you about But see, that's the problem. <laughs> Therein lies the problem is that he's not even, nobody nobody wants to say that because I'm. that's the problem is they can't even say that. They can't even say, no. I can be weak in front of you because they're a man. They're not supposed to say that. That's the problem. If you could have said, I can show, my, show you my, I can trust you with my weak side, that's fine. But saying something about being less of anything, nobody wants to be less of anything except stupid. <laughs> I want to be less of a pant size. No, you don't. <laughs> Just thinking of something. Okay, so I'm not going to be on here all this long time because somebody might put a curse on me too, so I'm just going to do something. <laughs> oh, really? I give, him a crappy, I give him a crappy prompt, but you freaking cursed him. You better change that language. <laughs> You can say whammy, but nobody wants to be cursed. I just got him out. Just got him off of here. Maybe forget. No, we're just gonna have to go love all over him just to make just to make this up to him. uh, Panache is the name of the piece. Okay. Uh, Panache becomes me. Panache defines me. Aspirant of. A good actress, yes, I have a shine. Well polished. No more do I drink wine from bottles or plastic cups. And I don't do lines on mirrors or covers of books. Speaking now, I sip from crystal. Write lines in books. I shake rump when I walk. Pinache. Oh, to the yes. I am, I am hypothetical of class. Panache has become me. I've been taught by the best. I have arrived in luxurious threads, unjaded. I have made it plumed and feathered, adorned and adored since I came. Posh. In peace. Ah. My second piece. Let me go straight into my second piece. Do you want me to go straight into my second piece or what? Please, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I said yes. You didn't. Can you hear me? No, I can hear you now. I ain't hear oh, okay. nothing but dead, dead air. Oh, I don't know what's what going on because I answered you. Okay. So anyway, listen. I like what um 
I've been telling you about Paula Dunbar all these years, and you never gave it that much attention as you did CB. I didn't, I didn't like that. I mean, I've been just telling him about you all these years, and all of a sudden he gives you one little point. I got a, I got a page called, called, more about Paul. So I want CB to go there and be a part of that page because I'm glad he's paying attention to Paul. I have told you so many times how much I love him. We've talked about him and his education before and all that, but the poem that CB read tonight is actually one of my favorite poems by him, so that's why it got the attention it did. If he had read a a different poem, it may not have, but this one I think is a really, really important poem. It's one of my personal favorites. Okay, so go go to more about Paul and put your something on that page that I've had there for 10 years that nobody pays attention to. So anyway, I'm going to do this Paul Lawrence Dunbar poem that I wrote, and it's called Don't Pay That No Attention. I can do that one, or I can do about my friend Bill that passed away that I loved a lot. Which one do you want to hear? You do the one that's in your heart to read, Mama. That's the one I want to hear. No, I want you to pick it. Okay, then I want the Dunbar. You want the Dunbar? You're scaring me tonight. You're scaring me, no. Mama. I'm in trouble. I'm, I just, I'm being mean to you. I'm on eggshells. I don't even know what to do. I'm just going to sit here and pee just, myself. Just be good. <laughs> I want you to have that visual in your head now. <laughs> I'm going to stand here like a little girl and wet my pants. <laughs> when she's getting in trouble. <laughs> Stop it. You know I'm never mean to you. You need a chastisement. Okay, here we go. Oh, I'm tickled. Okay, here we go. Don't pay that no attention. That's the name of it, but it's not attention. It's tension. I'm speaking in dialect, so here we go. Can I speak in dialect like my great-grandmother? They call me crazy because I love to distort the English. They calls me ignorant because I love to speak my pigeon. I love the broken English and the patois. They laughed at me and said, learn to speak the language. I laughed at them and think, you don't speak well the language yourself. But I can speak in dialect like my cousins in the marketplace, like my grandfather who could fix anything that was broken, only his broken English he could never fix. I know their Bible. I know the words they say. Me, I could use them quite grandiloquently and proper. Could speak well if I chooses to, but I had an order. If as I do, they'll call me uppity and highfalutin. They will say I've been reading and pretending, thinking I was better. And I'd say, don't pay that no attention. Pay attention to the beauty of my unique expressions, the importance of my lesson when I give you my metaphors of African wisdom from my ancestors. When I speak, I give you a peek into the depth of my tongue. Ignore the speech and reach for the reason what I is telling you this here for. I break all of their rules and may sound like I speak geeky. Not that I'm a fool, but I just love breaking their rules. But as they say, 
some things are sacred, so I act dumb to catch wise. And ain't they surprised when my actions show my level of skill as I perform on stages and rant my rages? Can I speak in dialect like my forefathers? Yes, I can. It's my way of holding on to what we created out of this bastard language called English. But if you think I'm stupid and dumb, you must be stupid and dumb because where I come from, we needed our code to survive the cold, to survive the abuse. Weren't no use in speaking proper order when your intentions were to run towards freedom border. And when you take a check and recollect, you may see and we may agree that we dropped rap in your lap and all that dialect now gets respect. So I can speak in dialect, yes, like I'm supposed to do. This defied language we created for you, planted it in you as you grew. Funny part ain't so funny because seems all them so-called proper folks is now speaking this way too. <laughs> anyway, about them other folks, it's like we the art they life is imitating. The way it goes, I'm about to run my mouth because there ain't no right way to speak English wrong, right? Tell the truth and shame the devil because there ain't no right way to speak English wrong. They say a good imitation is flattery, though, but I don't feel they so good at doing me, so I speak to you in dialect, children. Rap, patois, hip-hop, pigeon, broken English, if you will. Just do it till you feel it in your bones. Keep creating a language of your own. And when people call you crazy, show them your paper. Tell them to keep on trying until they catch the vapors of our dialect. And remember, when they try to diss you, they really want to be you. Miss me with the dissing. My feet you should be kissing. Because my dialectical talk is the language of our African soul. We used it in the days of old. So express yourself in broken English and go on with your bad self. Say it loud and get on down. Salute James Brown and Bob Marley and others too numerous to mention, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, to all of them that want to be hotty toddy. They ain't nobody. So don't pay them no attention. Yes, I can speak in dialect. Of course I can. Can you? In peace. <laughs> I love that piece. No, I can't. <laughs> yes, you can. But I wish I could. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I'm sure everybody has a dialect. I'm sure when your people came here from Ireland or wherever they came from, they had a dialect too. Oh, I, you know, my, there's, my bonnie, especially my working Lassie, my Bonnie Lassie, my Bonnie Lassie. <laughs> there's things like, um, that I had to, when I started working in radio, I had to literally retrain myself to say, like oyster, or something mm-hmm. else, or okay. a crust, you know, okay. all of those, you know, the T on the end of a crust, oyster, you know, obviously that's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Something else, like a, like a deer or an antelope or an elk, something else. Right. There was right. a lot of things it. that I grew up saying, and that was part of 
I mean, my grandma talked that way. My great grandma talked that way. It's dialect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was it was hard. Fire, fire. That's like F A R was fire. And yeah, there's a lot of things I had fit. to learn to teach myself to say correctly. What, about, what did you, What did your family say? Neither or either. Um. You know, I don't say, remember. No, I'm not neither, or no, I'm not either. Neither. Some people say they say either or neither. Neither. Okay. See, a lot of people say neither. Up, up where I'm from, they say either. If we hear somebody saying neither, we know they're not from our home, our hometown. <laughs> 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 else. Well, it's mm-hmm. been marvelous, darling. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and um, if mommy hurt your feelings, I'm sorry because you know you're my baby. You never hurt my feelings. Sometimes I need someone to, someone to keep me my toe in line. Uh, I'm gonna go change my panties and get back to the show. <laughs> well, I love my daughter. I love you too, Mama. <laughs> Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Vicky Aqua, Facebook. Vicky Aqua, Poetry Soup. Vicky Aqua, allpoetry.com. Vicky Aqua, Google. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. I love you, honey. Love you, too. <laughs> Bye. All right, next caller. I'm going to go ahead and get the three, actually, the next three, four callers so you kind of know where you are in the lineup. We have area code 631, followed by 916-573-863 and 419. I also have 203 and 832. You guys are not in the lineup, so 203 or 832. If you guys want to come on the air, please press 1. We've got six minutes left in the show. We will be going into overtime. I'm going to try to get you all on. Uh, We're going to be doing just one poem right now, and I'm going to try to keep my comments to the minimum so I can get through you as quickly as possible and get you all on the air. Let's go ahead and grab area code 631. 631, you're on the air. Hi, Nada. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm okay. And you? It's it's good. I'm doing great. It's good to hear from you, Spicy. What would you bring us tonight, hon? I wrote a piece about um, the passing of of um mercy. John Lewis. The passing of who, honey? John Lewis. Okay. <laughs> Wow. It's called The Corson. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Oh my. How far we, we come. We come. Almost amongst my own peers and, and family. I just come to fight for myself and others like me. I'm standing here on the ledge where you can see me. Alone, I am not. I had to come willing and free people but hopeful. To be honestly on 
this land where I can't tell them why and how anyone can say that they will another. I just know that, that I have to help to, to
I appreciate you. I appreciate your voice. I appreciate your writing and you. And I uh, want you to do me a favor, my love, and tell people how they can find you. You can find me on Facebook. Perfect. Thank you again. I am putting your I am putting your link in the chat room for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my love. All right. We will talk to you soon, honey. Yes, you are. All right, baby. Perfect. All right. Love you, hon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 916. 916, you're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, first time caller. Well, I called probably two years ago. Second time call. I'm Jr. <laughs> Welcome to the show, sweetheart. You said Jr. J Hatter. J Hatter. J Hatter. J Hatter. Welcome to the show once again. It's good to have you oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, do you have uh, for us tonight, sweetheart? A poem that I, it was also transposed to a song I'd like to share. It was uh, first a poem. It's called um, it's called The Words You Cannot Say. And it was like this. I woke from a memory still lying here next to you. Watching your dreams, I thought I knew. Your smoke shows the reasons I watched. Just called me. And I'm just in brainstorm. Just trying to run away. I'm watching broken promises in a day. Believe it was forever. Just a moment of your time. I cannot stay because I want to bring me your mind. They always stay inside my head. How to cry? In your lion eyes. I'm looking down a rainstorm. Just trying to run away. The promises of words you cannot say. You cover all the reasons it's showing right here. It's from the heart. You stood by. Reasons to remember. Sad come. For you, away. And I love alone. I'm walking down. trying to run away. I'm watching broken promises. And the words you say. And the words. And that's end poem. Very intense, very well written. That was phenomenal, sweetheart. Thank you, you, thank can't, you can't be staying away for no two years at a time anymore. That's not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, yeah, not going to do that I, anymore, right? Not uh, I, You know, I, I'm also a radio uh, blog radio host. Um, Which show do you do? Uh, Team of Voices, another poetry writing song. I'm one of the admin uh, administrators. And uh, we have there's shows usually every night of the week. Usually starts um, and the um, shows are on Saturday. Start uh, It's more of a chat and and meet the host of the other poets. 
type of thing. So Tina, feel free to post that on my page and let people know when the show's on, honey. Yeah, I'd like to send you uh, a, a link to the to the song. It was kind of a fellow poet uh, sang, transposed it to music. It's so amazing when that happens, isn't it? She does. She does an outstanding job. Makes me. Well, I think you have to wait. And um, tell everybody how they can find you on Facebook, and then when you get a chance, drop me a link to your show in a message so I can get it up and posted and stuff for you. Okay. okay. Is there an email? Is there an email page? Your. Well, are you on my Are you on my Facebook page? No, no, no. I, I, I just found this on. I've been listening to shows for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on Facebook, if you do a search under Nyla, N Y L A, like New York, Los Angeles, N Y L A, Nyla Alicia, um, you can find me on there. Or it's the the word "thus" in the email title, "thus speakeasy cafe at gmail dot com." Great. Then you can find me on the talk. I don't do much Facebook anymore. Perfect. Okay. All right. We'll hook up and we'll get your show and stuff out there. And I look forward to having you back here on this one. Thank you so much, Nyla. Thank you so much. My pleasure, hon. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye, sweetheart. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code. Five seven three five seven three. You're on the air. Hey, it's Sinister Spillo. I knew hey, that was Sin. Hatter when I heard nine one six. I'm hey Hatter. If he doesn't hang up yet, I know Hatter well. What's up, Nyla? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, love? I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I'm all right. It is really good to hear from you. Yeah, I'm chilling, cleaning closets and. Vacuuming, and I figured, hey, you know what? Nyla's on the air tonight. I thought I'd call in and read her a oh new Oh my God, poem. I replaced vacuuming. You know how to make a girl feel special. Let me tell you what, Sin. <laughs> I'm better than vacuuming. <laughs> vacuuming and cleaning out closets, you know. Huh? Right. I don't know. I can have. I've, I've had a lot of fun in my filling up my closets over the years. I don't know. <laughs> so, what do you have for us, sweetheart? I had something fairly new, um, so I'm going to hit you with it. It's called Fearing Consciousness. Dissemble the wheels of your consciousness as a whole. Split beneficiary of self-indulgent wiles to further the gap. Quizzically now, the minions are misguided by the grand ruse. Interloper of directions flawed to illuminate this resurrection. Ambient folly. Serenated, hostile crowds misled by false prophets, true puppeteers, gnaw maliciously that you presume to trigger kaleidoscope grins. Tragedy is an every second newborn raging to crack foundations. Stupidity is a bowl of cereal overfed to the belligerent masses, eclipsing reason. Anti-conformity was a cross you bled on, inverted for just cause. Imbeciles, digitized Viral media junkies set to infect the populace. Corner your rights on the soapbox of misery to be worse than the now. Who will buy that for a dollar when the cost is a thousandfold? Hypocrisy chasing. Treating life like a drug you right away. Waste of time. 
such a color shaded don't mask the truth you deny thinking I'm all over the place that's what streaming consciousness is barter your invested folly for a new set of rose tinted lenses sunflower vision that rash is a stressed jam man are you losing digits too leprosy of the mouth is what society has been giving guns and militant arms are the voodoo you're evoking in peace's name power trippers man got the world gunned down in shame tyranny quickens Illustrate an alliteration of self-worth I would hang a charm on. Then, maybe we'll see the light, this amethyst reliquary you're chasing. I question the past intended on feeble thoughts for better futures. Pants around ankles, you're caught thinking mighty but just disgraced. Fear and consciousness, is there even a little hope or faith and peace? Wow, that was intense. And that, sir, was sinister spittle. Yeah. In the flesh, well, in the voice. <laughs> All right, baby, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you, hun. Instagram, Facebook, WordPress, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google that shit. I'm everywhere. Indeed he is. All right, sweetie, I'm really glad you were able to get on tonight. I'm glad you hung on and stuck it out and were able to share. That was a great piece. All right, hey, thanks for having me, and you have a great night. Hey, and thank you for being around and, uh, you know, having a platform that everybody can bring anything to. Except for the oh, you're welcome, baby. That's we what we do here. Them. That's our family. That's what you guys have built. Oh, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. All right, hon. We'll talk to you in a bit. All right. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 863. 863, you're on the air. Um, Hello, Nyla. This is Noreen. Hello, my sweet girl. How are you? I'm doing okay. Are you going to share a couple poems with us tonight? Um, yes. Okay. And 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 the first one is from um Gary. It's called um a guitar treasure. This guitar has a heart to heart talk to my heart. The strings ring and resonate as I dream of plucking them. It is used and scarred from not from nut to bridge, yet I know it is or can be put in time with the keys above. I want to hold the neck and the hollow body close while I play it to a song I love. I'm singing my best to sna- to match the perfect sound coming from the baffles too. What I don't know is how many times have left their mark on you. The end. That was awesome. Okay, I love you. that piece. Me too. <laughs> I think he, I think if I remember right, I think that's the one he um wrote to one of your prom, uh, photo prompts, if I remember right. Isn't that wasn't that to the one that was of a, a guitar shaped back? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Which one did you bring of yours to read, honey? Okay, um, this is called um, um, I did a, a read, red dot poetic form. I started this in 2013, and I was looking through my my notes um three or four days ago. I seen this, so three or four days ago I finished it. Okay, this is called for those who push through. Rainbows represent our dreams. Let it build up our self-esteem. Yes, it can be fulfilled. 
just believe and be self-willed. There's a time when life was simple and less strife. We all helped each other and to reach out to all without a brawl. Rainbows are for those who push through the end. Rainbows are for those who push through. That is such a great message in that one. That was fantastic. Well, thank you. You're very, very welcome. Do me a favor, sweetheart, and tell everybody how they can come show you and Gary some love. Okay. You can find um, Gary and I. You can find our books, um, Two Hearts in One, Reflections of Our Inner Beings, and The Aura Truth on Amazon.com. And you can um, find us on um, uh, Gary and Noreen Snyder, um, dot wix.com front slash poetry and you can find Gary on on facebook.com um reverbnation.com and um poetrypoem.com and he's also googleable and googleable <laughs> okay <laughs> and <laughs> and you can find me on um uh, facebook.com reverbnation.com and um poetrypoem.com and then you can find us on ko-fi, ko-fi.com. And then you can also um, um, find us on um, um, the Poetry Club. Um, he, um, then we have Facebook Live every Saturday night at 5.30 or f- 5 or 5.30 every Saturday night. Very and, cool. And thank you for posting the stuff that you do on my page about the shows, okay? Okay. And, and then I'm going to do something different September 26th because this is facial year for um, 100,000 poets for change. Instead of having Facebook Live on September 26th, I'm going to have, we're going to do 100,000 poets for change where anybody who's in, in the Poetry Club or anybody who's outside of it, you can join us on free. Uh, conference call, yeah, freeconferencecall.com. I'll I'll uh, let everybody know more details on it, and then you can everybody can share a poem. It's like That's Zoom, awesome. something like it. Okay. Okay. I thought that'd be neat because this is a ten-year special this year. That's very cool. All right, yes. keep us posted on that, okay? Okay, I sure will. All right, okay. Noreen. We love you, sweetheart. We okay. love Gary. Thank you so much for okay. being such an important part of the show, for being our sponsors, one of our sponsors this year. You're just your love's been appreciated so much, both of you. Okay, thank you. And and um and um and, and, and we love you all too. And and I wanna thank all the sponsors for sponsoring the show for us for the year. And I wanna thank you, Nyla and Michael Quigg and um Christopher Ryan for um, hosting the show so we have a venue for us poets. So, and thank you. <laughs> thank you, Noreen. We love you okay, guys. You're we'll talk to you next week, Annie. Uh, okay. We'll talk to you next week. All okay. right. Bye-bye. Okay. okay. Talk to you later. All right. We have our last caller, which is 419, except for we do still have 203 and 832 on the air. I see you guys, but your hands are not up. So if you want to talk on the air, press 1. Otherwise, I'm really glad you guys were here tonight and listening. Appreciate you guys so much. Let's go ahead and bring on area code 419. 419, are you with me? Hi, Nala. Yes. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, how are you? Good, how about you? 
I'm awesome. You know, I'm not real good about memorizing people's area codes, so it's, it's like I'm wondering, you know, did he make it in? Did he not? It's good to hear from you. It's good to be here. So what are you going to grace us with tonight, my love? Okay, I'm going to do a poem. It's from uh, it's from my third book. It was the first book of love poems that I wrote entitled uh, Blue Notes and Love Quotes. And this poem is entitled When You're Lonely. Tonight, I got the blues. I just kicked off my shoes and, and put on a sad song. Everything seemed wrong when you're lonely. If only you was here. If only you was near, my love. This heavy feeling in my heart would be part. It would sing a joyous tune, and I would be immune to this mood. Tonight, I'm feeling down. I don't want to be around nothing but a sad note. Every word is sad quote when you're lonely. If only for today, you were not so far away, my love. This emptiness I feel inside is be denied a place to grow and I can let go of this mood. Tonight, I'm full of sorrow. Don't know what tomorrow will bring. Everything is a sad thing when you're lonely. If only I could touch you. Just so much as touch you, my love. This loneliness I feel would be unreal and I could deal with this mood. But tonight, I got the blues. So I just kicked off my shoes and put on a sad song. I miss my baby. And everything seemed wrong when you love me. And poem. That's beautiful. I love that everything's a sad thing. I know that feeling. Yes. Put on some blues. You know, sometimes it, sometimes being that sad and that lonely and missing somebody is actually pretty beautiful yeah you know and and i don't i don't know if that sounds weird or not but sometimes when i've been my most miserable are some of my most amazing times you know it's like god i'm miserable i miss you so much but oh there's such there's it's almost like a pleasure pain you know yeah what would it be like if you didn't have them to miss yeah you can really you can really get in touch with yourself i mean Mm -hmm. you know i mean what's deep inside of you can get in touch with it, you know. Yeah. So I'll take this misery of missing you because I know I have you. It would be much yeah. worse than not having you and not having this misery of missing you. Yeah. Great poem, sweetheart. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can show you love as well they should. You can find me on Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson and also on YouTube under the same name. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, love you. Thank you so much for being able to call in. Thank you for hanging in there like you did, for closing the show out so spectacularly, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Love you back. I'm going to try to make it next week. Thank you, honey. Appreciate you so much. All right. All right, everyone. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe open mic poetry show, The Sound of Ink. Appreciate you all being here, both readers and listeners alike. I am going to close the show with a piece. And I'm scrolling down because, of course, I didn't have it picked picked out. I'm going to close the show with a piece by 
dun, 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 who shall it be now? Yeah, I'm singing. We're not going to do that. Let's do... Let's do... Hmm. Annie Oakley writes to Sunny L. By Casey Rashu. Here we go. <laughs> Good night, everybody. So, uh, this year, little ditty. It's called Annie Oakley Writes to Sunny List. And for those of you who don't know, Annie Oakley was a gunslinger. And Sonny Liston was a heavyweight boxer who twice got knocked out by Muhammad Ali in his otherwise spotless career. So, uh, it's called Annie Oakley, right? No, it's also, it's also about a girl I once knew who, uh, used to be a good friend of mine. And I think we had a, we had a conflict of interest over, uh, my first husband. And, um, well, you see, I may or may not have broken her nose. So this is called Annie Oakley Writes to Sunny Listen. You'll get you'll get the drift. If your nose was a nickel, then my fist was a shotgun. But dimes to donuts says it wasn't, cause ain't a damn thing about you that shines aside from your black eye. You were tired, motherfucker. So I won't mince words. History will remember you for lying on your back. Your heavyweight belt makes for great target practice. I just Fan the hammer back, knowing that even blindfolded, my aim will keep. I've heard gunshots more eloquent than you, so stop asking for a rematch. Scrape together what's left of your dignity and get gone with your sloppy could have been. You ain't worth the precision of my trigger finger. <laughs> 